Citizens of the Verse, today is June 28th, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and tonight we're joined by the illustrious, the ever-accented Mr. Chekhov. Hello, Chekhov. Hello, everybody. And of course, what episode so, of Citizen so like Mickey? It sounded like a Mickey Mouse version of Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> Your voice was really squeaky. Do I have a bad mic? Not, not for me. Oh, it sounded real funny for me. I was like, oh, is it, is it, it did sound, sound like someone was it, squeezing your throat. Is it really like, bad? Or is no, it okay? no. To me, oh. you just sounded really chipper. You were like, hello, everybody. Maybe oh. that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> that's normal. Uh, and in case you can't tell, we've got our tried true Seaguard. Seaguard, that's uh, your new nickname, Mickey. Mickey? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if you couldn't tell, we've also got Skyguard. That's hello, right. hello, as hello. As long as we've got Minnie Mouse with me. <laughs> yeah. so. that, that'd be what, Gigi? No, that would be you. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I'm not that good looking. So, oh, Most me. of us aren't too many, you know? <laughs> exactly. My wife has only stayed with me because she's stuck in a gravity well. <laughs> She orbits you at this point? <laughs> That's right. Well, we dance is perfect synchronicity. Orbits. <laughs> well. Well, that, that, that implies she has enough mass to be caught by your gravity, so you're calling your wife fat? No, I have enough mass. <laughs> hey, she could be a satellite. She could be a satellite. I would, I, I would, my wife is, is very attractive. And she is very vindictive, so she's going to listen to that line there. Uh-huh. <laughs> She'll buy an account now just to come kill you. Wait, your, your wife listens to the podcast? No, no. Okay. I was going to say, I, I refuse to tell the people in my life the link, uh, the, the, the name of it, so that they can't find it. 21 years in the Army, and she's one of the few people I'm afraid of. <laughs> my my kids listen to my our 100th episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> what they think? Um, Dad, like, is that your real porn name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably what they thought. Oh, goodness. So, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, this isn't PG-13. <laughs> so, uh, how, how about we get into it? Um, what's, what's everybody been doing this past week? Skyguard, what have you been up to? Oh, uh, past week. Uh, last weekend was volunteer work. We had an excellent mining run, too. Um, yeah. Really, I mean, what do you mean by that? The, the the one that you blew off my bags is that the one that you're wearing? <laughs> excellent, yes. like for some of us, it was an excellent mining run. For others, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're the one who decided to fly a misc piece yeah. of tissue paper. We were in a mall. Every time something, we never went. I don't think we went down once. Yeah. Yeah. You guys had a good time on that mall. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it, it actually the. The adjustments they made really make a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really do. Yeah, that was I mean, fun. It, it's almost ridiculously easy to a certain point if you get everything set up just right. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough to. I, I actually find it's a little more challenging in the prospector now. Yeah. Then again, um, preparation is the name of the game. So yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's good stuff. Um, but what's what's the acronym, Seagard? You probably know proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Yes. Hmm. Yes. There we Pete, go. Uh, yeah, four P's. <coughs> um, Five P's. And kiss is the other one. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. I I like that one a lot. Uh, uh, what about you, Chekhov? What did you do this uh, besides get past, your bags blown off? Yeah, well, past <laughs> week. So, so does that make me a eunuch now? I, <laughs> I finally bought the Prospector and put on the bigger... And, which is a must of uh, the bags from the uh, mall and uh, experimented with uh, everything. You know, we did uh, some different lasers, different modules, some gadgets, which was very frustrating. I'm sure you know <laughs> what I mean. I mean, uh, yes. But yeah, but some of them actually worked well. I have to say I'm, I'm going to continue to work on that. Uh, one thing I found, though, is uh, it was really disappointing at first because you know before i uh, refine anything i checked the terminal and everything seemed really low and i think it has to do something with the smaller bags something mm. like well, this is not gonna work you know meaning mining versus salvage but uh luckily when i went to sell oh my god and and i did not have such good runs i was kind of you know picking up everything well each one of my orders sold for over 100k so nice. I'm actually really happy. I think mining is definitely worth doing, especially if you're going to be selective in what you're picking up. So I'm I'm all in on mining. I think it's all good. Nice. Um. So you said you have a <coughs> a freelancer Max now. Did you upgrade something to it? Well, yeah. So what happened? That's another uh, kind of an eye opener. So I'm so happy. I get my um, uh, hall layout. Figuring I'm gonna pick up all the orders and toss them all in. Guess what? I take one order, and that's it. I'm done. I could only uh, enough room for one order. So, and I did not have plans to get a max. I was gonna actually buy a Cutlass and and Pisces Medical, but I just needed something bigger. I almost went for a Taurus, but mm-hmm. then I say, you know what? Now I'm gonna go for a max, and then I'm gonna write for the C2. So. Nice. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, out of Hall A, finally. Oh, so you, so I upgraded Hall A to the nice, max. nice. That's uh, I know you never really loved the Hall A, so no, I don't. I mean, it's just too small. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool looking ship, but it's small. Yeah. Well, we'll see a whole C soon. So that's right. Uh, yeah. Seagard, what about you? So we did the event. That was fun. I just wanted to get us back in the swing of me getting into the swing of setting up events. So and I'll a lot of up. listeners joined, by the way. So thanks everyone who did. Um, oh, people were yeah. Oh, oh on the uh, on the event, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we did, and it was fun. Um, Skyguard, you had a bunch of the newer guys, and uh, they were they were pumped, man. They were having a good time, and I'm all with you. So, so there, yeah, there there did end up having to be two different groups. One was the more experienced group, which I don't. Think had as much luck as the amateur group. So it's it's the more experienced group that's set in their ways and knows that oh oh we can can combine the prospectors and and work together. Except if you read the actual documents like the new guys did, the prospectors create interference with each other, which makes it harder. So us in the mole, we had a blast. 
Yeah, and well, it did switch over later on. They brought out the the mole, and they did pretty well too. But that a lot of like, there's a lot of testing that went on. Like I'd never put out a like I took out a you know stock prospector and took out you know each of the little devices for the devices. Yeah. Oh, I mean, learned how to use and, those. You guys walked me through that, which was cool. Yeah. Oh, something uh, you should be aware. I think the. Uh, so the lasers on the mole synchronize together and reinforce each other. Well, I think that also gets the buff from the mining gadget applied to it. Yes. So it's applied to one and the other and the other. So it makes yes. for it, like we had one that we couldn't crack. I went out and put a wave shift on it and it was stupidly easy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and since you have three mining heads, you or th- yeah, three mining heads with three slots each. Yeah. Potentially, you could have nine different effects. Yeah. And um, with, with the one caveat is that for some reason we couldn't get the thing to work afterwards. Right. But for the size of rock we cracked and what was in it, it was well worth the price. Right. I thought, I, you know, I, it, it did feel like a good event. I mean, it was a good, it was nothing complex. We didn't do anything real crazy, but uh, it was fun. So we did that. I did a little bit of cargo running. Um, I've been just, uh, slowly building my funds back up and I lost a bunch of funds on the event because I ended up uh, twice my wife's vacuum, well, our vacuum cleaner. I can't say that. It's really, that's really cool. She was nice enough to be vacuuming and tripped the fuse box twice. So I lost two ships and had to repair everything on them. And so I ended up losing about 60,000 for the event, Yikes. but uh, it's all right. I've, I've been running cargo and then uh, tried I tried um, the raft has a kind of a unique cargo setup and it's a little confusing. Um, so I've had to play a little bit with that to try to figure out how you allocate the cargo to the raft. You have to fill up the three boxes mm-hmm. and then I also how to, how to sell it. You can't sell it all at once. You have to sell it. It's three different compartments. Oh. Um, and then there seems to be some placeholder, components there also were like spots i don't know what those are i don't know if those are the like the wall lockers and stuff i don't know what they are it's just a little confusing to read Um, it might even be the non-cargo grid stuff so anything that's like if you put a box that you can sell in your like common area right you could still sell those yeah yeah Uh, that's true maybe that's what that is yeah because it's the same thing on the vulture you if you fill the cargo grid then anything else on the on the side Mm -hmm. that you fill up on top of it that's a second sell so you can sell the cargo grid and then you could sell off grid right so so what are the other oh i won't even i'm going to use that as my tips and tricks later on i'll tell you about that so that's what i did what did you do so i joined you guys on the mining expedition uh the I was in a prospector. I only was able to make one sell. <clears throat> well, I didn't actually sell it yet. It's in the refinery still, so I got to pick it up and transfer it. Um, and then I also picked up um, doing my um, favorite uh, salvage missions uh, just because they're so fruitful, you know? Yeah. So I did a couple of those both Saturday night, and then I was playing, what, was it yesterday? Yeah, I did one mission last night and then i was too exhausted because yeah i overindulged on monday i gotcha a couple of guys found a cave yesterday too right yeah those guys yeah they were looking for genolite i don't think they found it though ah so 
it's hard to find. And they were like, they're like, we're never coming back to these caves until they put creepy things in the night in them. Why? What's inside the cave? Genolite. What is that? It's a new hand mineable, and it's extremely oh, valuable. Really? Very, but very rare. I, I yeah. saw one guy go through like five caves and only found one chunk. And it's only it was a lot. caves. Yeah, but it was a lot. Yeah, I think it's worth over a million. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh-oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's fun if you're already in the caves or just for if you're trying to think of a way to feel like you're exploring, but... Right. You know, those caves can be tough. Yeah. Um, they found the dead body without having the dead body mission. Yeah. That's all, that was funny. <laughs> did we get, did, did the group get attacked the other day on the event by NPCs? Yes. Yes. Not that I noticed. What ended up happening? Was that, is that what kind oh, of busted we, up uh, again? It was me, Badger, and uh, was it uh, Mr. Uh, I forget who it was, but he, uh, whoever the, we, we, we left because he got his ship like virtually destroyed I and gotcha. he just made it out, hardly made it out. Right. Uh, but he's, uh, and we, yeah, we, we quantumed out and not only got attacked, it was about like a dozen of them. Well, cause we were, we were uh, mining right near the garden. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, That's when I lost my second ship. I was flying back yep. with a, uh, a hoplite. Yep. Trying to, yeah, it was a hoplite. And uh, just blank. Everything went blank. It's tragic. Sudden failure of my equipment. Death. <laughs> Permadeath. <laughs> well, um, this past week, we didn't have a ton of stuff come out, but there's some interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, ISC last week was with the Mission Features team. <clears throat> And they talked about some of the new missions that they're going to be adding into the game. Uh, first and foremost, they wanted to make, uh, they were shocked that salvage missions, people are half the time only pulling the contents of the ship off either the weaponry and components and the cargo or whatnot, but then not, not scraping the hull. Ooh, so, it's barely worth it to scrape the ship. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, it's all good. I, 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 usually when I do it, I barely get an SCU. Oh, really? Well, yeah. you're not doing the right ones, buddy. You got to pay more. The 50K missions. I, I, I've never seen a 50K. I've seen 5,000. I've seen 20,000. Oh. I've never seen a 50K. I yeah, get them all the time. I'm lucky I see them all the time. Yeah, it must be. If you don't finish the mission, I think you won't advance to the more expensive ones. It says you can untrack it at any time, though. I know. I think it just, I think there's like a weird block. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um,. Anyway, uh, and anyway, so um, yeah, so people haven't been scraping the hole, so uh, they are creating a mission now where scraping the hole is the mission, right? It's the content, and what it is is it's, it's an illegal mission for you to essentially get rid of evidence of a pirate ship, so you're scraping all the identifi- identifying marks off of it. Um, they also talked about how they're continually working on Siege of Orison to add more play space to reduce the amount of players in one area, um, as well as uh, I think they are going to eventually have the, I think they're copying the platforms for the 
Siege of Orison and then separating them from the regular missions that take part on those so that um, so that they can run concurrently uh, and not have an issue. Uh, then they talked about consignment missions, which um, sound like at least at first they're going to be taking place in the underground facilities where whether you're um, doing it legally or illegally, you're going to need to obtain specific items and to get them, you'll need codes found on data pads within the different NPCs. Um, these missions will have reputation ladder. Uh, the missions can be scaled up where you might have more data pad drops. You'll need to scour through a bunch of them to find the right ones. Is um, it me or does this starting to sound like payday two in space? Mm, I don't know. Cause I've never played payday two. <laughs> you come in highly armed, you break into the place, shoot anybody who resists, and you get the person who can open the door to open it for you, or you force it open, and you take it, run, and fight after cops while you do so. I mean, yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, at least these. But, you know, they're adding more variety, right? More yeah, that's good. The places. I think that this... This stuff is interesting now, but I think it's really built for the next generation of underground facilities. No, definitely. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe not every time. Like, I think they're building it so that you don't always have to kill a player or a character. Sometimes you just have to sneak into their office and get the data pad, you know? Sure. Um, and then, oh, those ones that can be scaled up. They also, not only will they spawn more data pads, but NPCs will keep spawning and it's kind of balancing the risk versus the reward because you might be able to get extra loot from uh, the uh, terminal <coughs> because everything will, will provide you with something, but you only need certain things for the mission. Um, they also talked about the changes coming to trespassing on ships. Uh, so ships will no longer announce when a new person has joined the ship. Um, so you won't get that message. Um, you'll, you'll, uh, and in order to really join the ship uh, and not be trespassing, you must be a member of the party of the ship's owner. Uh, so anyone not in their party will be attackable without any repercussions, even in safe space. Um, and then if you exit the ship, you know, the trespassing marker will come off after a, a quick period of time. Uh, they also mentioned down the road, uh, further out, barge heist missions that are being built. These are the barges that you see in Orison. Um, they'll be sort of like in the middle of a Ninetales heist, and there'll be cargo boxes that you can open up using codes found within the environment, and the different containers that have different branding on them will have different types of locations. They'll be very maze-like, and you'll kind of have to defend your location within that barge. Um, the idea behind it is they want players to have the freedom to do things without necessarily having a Nine Tails or Crusader mission. Um, they also mentioned that once, once aggression-based reputa or re reputation-based aggression comes into play, it'll improve missions like this. Like if you have rep with the Nine Tails, then they'll have your back, and you won't have to worry about being shot by them. And likewise, other other players. Mm. So that was ISC. Um, Skyguard, what are your thoughts besides it sounding like Payday 2? Um, let's see. I'm curious about the uh, 
trespassing thing on the ships, whether or not it will temporarily suspend the uh, armistice zone so you can shoot them to get them off your ship. That'd be nice. Otherwise, they said they said it does. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a real get off my ship. That's for sure. Yep. Um, you're gonna have to be careful with bigger ships, though. Yeah. Um, well, maybe that'll allow you to put weapons in a weapon locker too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That'd be a nice exploit. <laughs> um, let's see. Consignment missions sound interesting. The salvage missions, the scrapes, sound like they're going to be a blast. Um, since it seems to rely more on speed and area covered mm-hmm. rather than amount collected, and yeah, because, because if you don't do it, the, if you don't do it fast enough, the security will come and you'll be yeah. charged with the crime. Um, let's see, what else was there? I think that was mostly it, except for the barge. Hmm. It, it sounds like it'd be interesting to do as an event sometime. Yeah, I mean the stuff the stuff about reputation and affecting how NBCs react to you, like such as Nine Tails, does sound fascinating and like it'd be interesting. But considering most of us won't have good reputation with Nine Tails, um, yeah. we'll see. Except for maybe Snorkel. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's such a pirate we don't even hear him anymore. I know. No, is, is anybody sure if he's still alive or is he is he drifting in Davy Jones' lock? I don't know. Could be in a gondola, could be in his converted bus, could be uh, riding his motorcycle with his dog in the sidecar with goggles on. There you go. Where'd you get that from? It's on his his website. (laughs) He has a website? He has a a YouTube video. There's a couple of them. I didn't know. Off topic, but okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He posts usually really short some videos. The dog's cute. The dog's cute. The motorcycle's pretty nice. Uh, I think it's old, like a U- Yugoslavia. It's, it's it's a modern motorcycle, but it's made from, you know, the uh, very similar to the old USSR style, but with knobby tires, and it's got a military feel. There's a they're a famous brand now. You can't think of what they're called right now, but they're they're a famous brand like BMW now. Yeah, I think they're called Yava, and they export them to Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a pretty rugged looking bike with a sidecar and you know knobby wheels and it's got a high, it's got a high clearance and my, um, you sit kind of upright versus a dirt bike or a road bike ring. Yeah, my my father back home had one, so I spent a lot of time in that sidecar. You know what? Yeah, I was, that's cool. When I was a kid. Yeah, it's cool. Let's see. Not too much fun in the winter. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that that looks like a blast, but. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, Gigi. So, can you repeat what they said about that salvage mission? Yes. Yeah. Uh, how is it different than what we have today? Yeah. So, the difference between what we have today is this isn't buying into a mission to get the location of something that's salvaged. This is, say, it's the Nine Tails. Someone from the Nine Tails wants you to dispose of evidence of their ship. Now, obviously, because salvage isn't done yet, you can't destroy the whole ship. But that what they want you to do is remove any identifying marks and maybe color palettes that certain groups use, like Nine Tails, 
so they want you to go and scrape the hull of the ship so that it's oh. recognizable. You know, in the future, you'll probably have to destroy yeah. the box or something like that. But yeah, for now, it's just that. Um, so you get a mission payment to do the mission. Plus, you can still sell the, the salvage material. Oh, very cool. And then you can also lose your reputation if you don't complete the mission. Yeah. Because you're leaving them vulnerable. Yeah. I, I don't know if the rep, rep will be built yet for that, but it would eventually at the very least. But then, right. and then also, if you, you have to do it within a certain time frame or else the authorities will show up. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a spin on a on a, yeah. on a salvage mission that we already have. Yeah. You're a co- you're kind of a co-conspirator. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. You, you're you're the cleaners that they hire on John Wick. Exactly. <laughs> you're the wolf yeah. from uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What about you, Seaguard? What are your thoughts? I yeah, I like that type of mission. Um, and I. I liked um, the whole discussion around, um, you know, where missions are going. And uh, it, it kind of makes me, Info run, Runners kind of mentioned this the other day too, and it really did make me think about this. Are missions going to be what, basically, are AI going to drive the galaxy and we're going to participate it by reaching in and grabbing missions, or are we going to drive the galaxy by selecting missions, and the AI is going to follow suit? AI drives the galaxy with a little bit of influence from us. Yeah, and that's going to be tough. I mean, that's going to be tough to you know, to do overall. But I like the way they balanced it so that not everything is, you know, um, criminal or you know, uh, goody two shoes. There's some gray area, and I like that. I, I I think it's um it's an area I want to like get involved in, you know. That, hence the two characters I have, um, and I, I think that you know if they're working on these missions, these are just kind of the feeders, right? They're a pattern. I yeah. suspect we'll have more. Uh, I, I so I I like it. I definitely like it. I agree. Well, I think the other thing too is what they're trying to do is they're building the elements that could make up individual spontaneous missions right so right right now everything seems to have a very specific recipe to the mission but i think long term they want you to potentially take mercenary missions where new objectives might come to light or potential additional objectives might come to light based on what happens while you're out on that mission you might end up finding out that you know like a, a, a investigation mission that has some hostility in it, you might end up finding a data pad that leads you to something that's going to help you um, do something else. And sometimes those missions might create something bigger. Right. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting. What about you, Chekhov? I know. You um, no, I didn't worry, but the, you know, it almost seems like the, either they had another one of the missions or maybe I did. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they had another, uh, and not too long ago either, because it sounds like different subjects. But in any case, I really like where they're going with missions overall. Mm. Uh, I think it's definitely the right direction. They're becoming more and more interesting. I yeah. almost say they should even be more complex and chained. You know, some you know one 
to another uh, for example if you know if you 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 know for some of us that do have uh salvage and mining and cargo or maybe even throw in a bounty so you know like really chain them and make them complex with with, with a large payoff at the end of course yeah you know, right. that would be really cool <clears throat> i can't think of what that's called it's a an article well uh, somebody knock well. Someone's got the mic stuck up their nose. That's you. Who is it? Sky Guard. Yeah, it's it's like you're in the wind. Uh, give me a second. Yep. Yeah. It's probably my fan. Ah, yeah, it was really loud. All right. How about how's this? You're good. That's now. better. Yeah. Can um, we cut that out? Um, yeah. I think it'll automatically cut it out. But I'll okay, great. Um, yeah it's kind of like a mission arc you know the way i think about it like <clears throat> now granted the gamescom and citizen kong demos of the oh no we still got it nope. yep yep um the uh the citizen cons and games of the past it's got to be rubbing on your shirt skyguard or something it's really loud yeah, almost sounds like a material or, yeah. Um, but like no, I it's always, this. it's better. It's better. It's just like when you're talking to someone on the phone and <laughs> Great. nothing's yeah. working, and then all of a sudden, how's it now? Good. And then you start talking. It's like again. Thank you for that wonderful description. Skyguard, you got so lucky. I saw Geeky's hand move. Towards the X to remove <laughs> you from the podcast. <laughs> you just made it by a hair. I, I don't have the power to eject anyone from the podcast. All I could do is mute him. Um, I mean, I can mute myself if you want. No, no, no. You're good now. I mean, we haven't heard it since the second okay. episode. Um, but anyway, like even that. Uh oh, so that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You done. You done. Mute Skyguard. <laughs> do you uh, have a like shoved up your sinuses? I don't understand. <laughs> God, that last one was a mess. The last oh. one, the last one was me blowing on ear. I've I've moved it out of the way of my face. Let's see if that works. Okay, it, it sort of sounds like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do, you, do you want me to just mute myself? <laughs> Gosh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, anyway, um, I always think back to the Eckhart mission where you had to go to the Starfarer Rex and uh, I think it was find a black box or something. You had to find something and then there were still pirates aboard and then all of a sudden you had to bring that to a different thing. And said, oh, by the way, there's some extra stuff. <clears throat> you know, I'll give you extra money if you... Uh, Bring that and then bring it to this location and then Eckhart ultimately double crosses you. Right. And it's like, I think they still want to build towards that, but I think they realized that they're not going to be able to build towards that all the time with like handcrafted chains. And so now they're like, what are components that could add variation and interest into these individual missions that we can start to randomize and sprinkle into them long term after doing testing as them being the MacGuffin of this specific mission. So 
anyway, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, cool. So there was no Star Citizen Live uh, last week uh, because they had some quote-unquote technical errors. I wasn't feeling like it was going to be a overly stimulating episode anyhow, so um, no loss there. I, I think most of the time it's not overly stimulating, so no big loss. Yeah, it's less the Q&As than they're used to. Well, technical errors probably means somebody got sick. Or, you know, power went out or <laughs> something. Um, either way. And then this week, we don't have an S- a Star Citizen Live again. But tomorrow's Inside Star Citizen is all about the future hmm. of Port Olisar in Albuquerque. They're going to crash you, into the horizon. Uh, uh, and Sigal, let me ask you a question. Do you think they uh, repurpose their resources towards selling tickets for CitizenCon from Star Citizen Live <laughs> to be able to accommodate all the uh, important concierge type of clients. Oh, boy. He really, <laughs> he's trying to push me over the edge, isn't he? I think somebody's leaking through. I, I, was, I was waiting for an excuse. To, <laughs> to <go over> <laughs> Uh, I think that's what it was. It was personal. It was an attack on me. It was. They, they, they did it just to get you so riled up you buy a ticket out of spite. <laughs> well, if I can, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, get up at tomorrow at 3.30 and buy yourself a stinking ticket. And I expect to see you. I, uh, I, set, I set my alarm for 3.55 so I can try and get the VIP ticket. Yeah, if I can get a log in, that's my problem right now. Well, yeah, especially because I can't even gift it to you. The yeah. VIP tickets are per account, so I can't yeah. even. Yeah. Well, that that, that, keep, that keeps that from scalpers you. going after them. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> regardless. Um, but I'm excited to hear about Port Alisar. We've been. I mean, we even talked about it last week. What do you guys think? It, it, let's. We might as well just pause it because. Half the people are listening by the time they get this. We'll have already seen that episode of Inside Star Citizen, so they'll right. know the truth. What do, what do we think? Uh, Skyguard, what's your call? What's the future of PO? In Alpha uh, 3.2? Let's see. They're going to take the current one, A, turn it into some sort of ghost ship, which would be flipping awesome. Uh, B, they're going to stick it around the jump point. Or C, they're going to have some really spectacular way where, where they make it to the event and crash it into something or blow it to pieces. Okay. What about you, Chekhov? What's well, the future of PO? Well, I, I don't think it'll go away. I mean, PO is the original one, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're going to have a space station around Orison. Yeah. So, uh, so this is the question, what, what happens in place of PO, or where does PO go? No, we know PO well, will. They're, they're replacing it. That's what they're doing. Right. Yeah. So I think it'll be probably the best space station that we've seen yet, because mm-hmm. being that this is the the original one, so they really have to make something special. I think it's going to be different than anything we see today. I agree. So. What about you, Seagard? I'm going to take that a step further. So I think that you're absolutely correct. And I think the thing that we are... So something that always kind of bugged me about... absolutely correct? 
check off, <laughs> check off. So, um, so I think we're going to see something absolutely different. And it's uh, something that's always bugged me about Alasar. Alasar looks like it, it could handle about one eighth the population of any of the bigger cities mm-hmm. like Lowerville or area 18, uh, you know, um, looks like any a rest up. No, I'm saying Lorville, right? Oh. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Orison. Okay. Orison looks like a factory that has some housing and some other items around it for executives and some workers, but it doesn't look like a place you would live. Mm-hmm. And right, so my thinking is we are going to see the first city in space. It will be a super large space station. That also is the center of the system, the solar system. So Death Star version two? No, no. I I think it's going to be, but I think it's going to have all the things that you see in a smaller one, but the scale is going to be more. There's going to be like more people in it. There's going to be more activities in it. It's not just going to have a galleria. It's going to have an area like Area 18 built into it. So Um, almost like if you're... Okay, level... Big. No, no, not that big, not that big. But I would say if you took, um, what's the one on uh, Microtech? Um, Tressler. Yeah, what's the city, though? Um, New Babbage. New Babbage. It'll be like New Babbage, uh, combining the spaceport of New Babbage with the domes and then a large habitat around so it floating in space. Zone in space? It'll have landings. It'll have landing stations. It'll have cargo stations. You'll be able to bring in multiple hulls, C's, D's, and E's. It'll be a large, large city size station. Nice, right? That's what I think is going to happen. And we don't have anything like that in the game right now. Yeah, Babylon Five, right? Babylon Five is is that right? the old sci-fi? Babylon 5. That's kind of what it is. So the way I think about it, I think I'm not so sure I'm as far as you are in that concept. Can I I interrupt you, by the way? I'm sorry. And CIG, CIG, if you're listening, if you haven't done that, you need to do it now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's too late, you know? (laughs) Sorry, Uh, go ahead. So... The way I, I I think these following premises: one, they're relaunching it to have um, hangers instead of landing pads. I think it will be bespoke. Oh, that's horrible! What? That's they, my favorite thing. But they, the, pads. the reason being is they'll have landing pads, but it'll be the same as the other stations where it's not something you're assigned. It's a temporary location where your ship is. Do you skyboard? Pull your mic back. Pull your mic back. Uh, it's definitely your breathing. How's that? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, good. Good. yeah, it's your breathing. It's doing it. Uh, you guys can still hear me when it's this far out. Yeah, yeah. Can you stop breathing for like five minutes at a time? I don't know. Can you speak with a regular American accent? <laughs> it is. I- yeah, yeah, that, that, that is that is. It's right from New York, from Brooklyn. He's been speaking Brook. He's been speaking speaking oh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn English longer than you've been yeah. alive. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I can change the game. Then broken. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm saying number one. We know they're just going to modernize it, right? There's yeah. definitely going to be a hospital. There's going to be probably cargo, maybe refining. 
Um, <laughs> they'll have more food. I think it will be the biggest. I personally think it'll be the biggest space station That's that we have in Orison. I do think that. Um, I think the the main thing that jumps to my head is why now versus That's any other time. Interesting. How's this? Yep. Good. I turned down the gain. Let's see how that works. Yeah, that didn't work. I turned on the game. Let's see how that works. Are you hearing this? No, no. It sounds like your microphone is up your ass and you have bad gas. Your mind sounds like it's stuffed up the back of your tank. And it's Do you have an N95 mask? Maybe like a dozen of them. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, Skyguard. I think I hate you too. I, and obviously, they'll have you know docking ports and everything. Are I you going to edit this podcast? By the way, <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Do you think uh, I have time to go in and oh, every point? No, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't, don't edit it. It's going to oh, be good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I think oh, coming through regularly now. <laughs> My uh, so far so good. Okay. Uh, Where were you? <laughs> Anyway, but it seems to be only what I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> like you guys are messing with me. Hello. <laughs> it's not us, it's the Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um... Ladies and gentlemen, this is not intended. <laughs> anyway. So, the question I always have is like, Geeky, you might want to stick an audio warning for the headphones. Just yeah. yeah. Um, the question I always have is like, well, why now? And I think part of it is we just need something new in this next patch. But I think with the whole sea coming in, it might be one of the m- most common places to visit to, to trade yeah. for the whole sea. Uh, and the thing that jumps out to me and the reason why, when I saw that that was the topic of, of this week, I looked up in the Galactopedia the description of Port Alisar. Uh-huh. So Port Alisar is a space station and trade hub. Owned and operated by Crusader Industries and located in orbit above the gas giant Crusader. It serves as a rest stop and gateway to the company's orbital shipyards, offering shops, accommodations for visitors, and parking areas for large spacecraft. Traders are known to stop at Port Alisar to buy and sell commodities. Wow. Did did they sell proper arrangements for microphones as well? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But uh, hey, check up. I can hear you breathing. Just so you know, they sell one of those Russian, uh, you know, nuclear disaster masks. <laughs> He's vaping. He's vaping. Oh yeah, that's right. At least I have an excuse on vaping. Right. It's like, it sounds like we have an asthmatic Darth Vader. <laughs> you, you, you are vaping. I thought I heard that sound very. <laughs> so, no, am I the Darth Vader or is he the Darth Vader? <laughs> Together, you're Darth Vader. Oh god, it's too funny. Yeah, I don't even know. 
wait, wait. Uh, thank, thank you for the compliment. I don't think my voice is that deep. I, I'll take the Darth Vader. Maybe you'll be a Yoda for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm gonna throw myself on my lightsaber in a minute. <laughs> So, 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 so you'll be sitting on the what? Rectory, the rectal administration, my doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm E.T. Anyway, I'll oh, go ahead, Sigar. No, I was going to say, Info Runners was talking about not about Port Alisar. They were talking about how large cargo, you know, the large number of outer system cargo ships coming in are going to be handled at these yep. stations, and that's kind of what made me think. Um, you know, there has to be a center for the solar for the solar system, Stanton. I always, I mean, and, we've said this how many times that this is probably the hub. Yeah, folks, right? And I, I have a feeling that's what'll happen. But you know, you never know. I personally, I don't think they're going to do the whole destroy rebuild thing. That's that's. I just think, me. I think it would be fun <laughs> and dramatic, but probably not. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of effort to put something like that into the game right. for the alpha testers, and even though they are big on that, it's not repeatable. So right. I don't think they'll yeah. do that. And I, I also think a jump point is going to be like right there. I think the jump point is there's a jump point near Microtech. Oh, oh, we already know with a jump point. It's outside of the uh, the Aaron's. Well, Aaron's Halo. This it is. Yeah, we only. I mean, we know where they initially planned to have them. So, lore wise, we know where they are. Um, I can pull it up right now. I have the star map. I just have a strong suspicion. Uh, you know, like an Eve Online, you come out like right in the middle of the action sometimes. Right. Yeah. But it's going to be cool either way. And Alasar has served this well. Uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love Alasar. All I'm waiting for is for it to have a hospital that be my permanent spawn point, regardless of what they do. Well, what, would be. what I would love is if they allow you to select it as a spawn point. Yeah. Oh, that would be That really would cool. be great. <clears throat> I mean, not a spawn point, like a starting location. Right, right. Um, and then, if it, especially if it has all the different services... That you can imagine. An orbital starting point would be nice. But who knows? All right. So the jump points as they stand today in Stanton are, if I could select Stanton, I know the star map's broken, but I'm pretty sure you could zoom in. Yeah. It is up near Microtech. I know that's where that was. There's but one, it was yeah. outside of the Lagrange. It was outside of the belt, or it could be below it or above it too. I don't know. But I think that's the that's the Stanton to Terra, and then I think the Stanton to, or maybe that's the, I think that's the Stanton to Pyro, and the Stanton to Terra is closer to Crusader. So oh, okay, that would make sense then. Anyway, um, so that should be really exciting and. I can't wait for us to talk about whether we were right or wrong next week. Yeah. Uh, you already heard a little bit about it, but Citizen Con tickets have started to go on sale as of today. Uh, you so bring today, it up. the subscribers and um, concierge. All, all uh, important people who look kind of noses at the rest of you. Exactly. You yeah. peons who don't spend enough money. Chief, <laughs> chief, okay. chief, of, chief of all, Seaguard. Yes, I would... <laughs> 
I would comment on that, but I don't speak to the likes of you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess initially, for those who don't know or who aren't concierge, there was a huge snafu. Uh, noon Eastern is when the first wave went. Um, and during the first wave, many of us, or at least those in the United States, um, when we went to go cash out with our ticket, got a message saying that uh, there wasn't a currency available in our country or a, a payment method available in our country. Yes, so, it's quite shocking when you're in the U.S. Well, yeah. the economy sucks right now, so it doesn't yeah. suck. <laughs> so, uh, don't get me started about that. I've seen nothing but the economy in the news this week. All the VIP tickets, uh, all the VIP tickets sold out in less than a second, and did, and everybody was pissed. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, they were able to fix it. I got myself a regular admission, but I'm going to try for a VIP at 4 a.m. Right. Yeah. Um, I um, I don't. I tried. I got. Well, I told you guys. I got to. I got it through the. Acknowledged it. It was in. It was in my basket. Acknowledged it, and then it gave me that message, and then kept it on the screen. Went back and tried to get another one. <clears throat> one of the regular ones. It did the same thing. So then I just wrote him a concierge ticket. And, yeah. And I just reminded them for the record that I have purchased the equivalent of over three hundred and nine starter packs. So I would appreciate at least the opportunity to he's not he's not the goddess but he's you know why i think you missed it by one if you were 310 you would have been in (laughs) that's right that's right so i would would like to wholesale like i did well i have two crackets i don't need another wholesale so i would uh i i would like to recommend if they're listening and i did submit a ticket we'll see what happens you know and uh hopefully i can go but if not i get it I get it. But I would like to think that after a certain level, two things could occur. One is you could get access to that little special bar or at least a plaque in the bar saying that's your chair, even if you can't get to your chair. And I would like to think I would get the right of first refusal for a premier ticket. Yeah. Right. That would be, you know, it's 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 a crazy amount of money I've put into it. So I, and I'm still a subscriber and doing all those things. And I think there's guys with more. I, know, I know there's, I know several personally, there are way more than I have. Some yeah. of them almost, you know, another 10 grand beyond. So I would hope that they didn't have to scramble doing an F5 button click to do that. Yeah. I, I truthfully think they should even, I, I know this sounds very like class based, but there should be some kind of concierge perk besides getting the tickets early. Right. Um, right. <clears throat> Because they said they were going to improve concierge perks, and then they kind of just like, oops, we forgot about it. Um, but I do do still love them. So, so far, that means that <laughs> Skyguard and I are the only ticket holders. Yes. Uh, Dro's got one, right? I mean, uh, uh, on the podcast right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Dro's and Borg both got, I think, uh, VIP. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, check up. Just go for a regular one, seriously. Um, regular what ticket? Tickets. Just the regular ticket, yeah. Oh, um. and I know Quadnum's going. I'm actually after this. I'm creating a spreadsheet of everyone in Parlay who's. God, I want to get. We'll, we'll have to make a chart for where to meet. If like a like the site like. You'll be able to get a, at least a basic ticket, no matter yeah. what. They they sold out. It took an hour for them to sell out today. 
the first the first go round. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Anyway, yeah. At at the very least, at the very least, I don't end up getting another. uh, If I don't end up getting a VIP ticket, Seaguard, I can always get another ticket for you. Okay, I'll pay for it. I'll go about it. Yeah, I just love to meet you guys. If nothing else. Yeah. Don't. I wouldn't worry about it. I know because you're having a weird. Cry. I'm gonna cry. Um. So yeah. Uh. Hopefully, those who. Um, want to go are paying attention supposedly uh, in the hong kong bar citizen someone mentioned it'd be amazing if the pioneer or another big ship like it would come out uh this year and someone said if that excites you you really should go to citizen con really uh-huh. no, did- there's gotta be some so, so, so what else what other capital <laughs> sorry there's the kraken there's the whole series uh, Squadron Forty Two. Well, that's just Pyro. Hold on. So, so wait, Gig, are you saying in Bar Citizen they got a sneak peek of something, and they, we don't know what it is? So the Hong Kong Bar Citizen had over a thousand people. So a bunch of people from CIG went, including like Todd Pappy, John Crew, and there was a Q and A, and they had mentioned. The Pioneer, it would be great if we could a big ship like the Pioneer in this year. They did say that they're not really intending to, to launch any new or new big ships uh, after the whole sea this year. But they said, if, if that excites you, you should come to CitizenCon. The other thing that they mentioned is that their base building mechanic is very similar to Fallout 4's. And that it'll be kind of prefab sections that you can choose from within a style. Uh, and then they also mentioned that while they're likely not going to have base building in for Pyro, they're shooting for Nyx. Mm. So maybe they're going to demo some of the early <coughs> base building tool or something. Who knows? Right. <clears throat> well, for the $200 in two days, they better be something good. Yeah. The other thing is, by the way, they mentioned that... So, Maybe, maybe we're reading into the two days. They mentioned <clears throat> that they switched to the two day format because um, th- uh, people would complain because it would be if if you that when they did it one day, it's just back to back sessions and and you had competing sessions and everything, and there was really no time for like community stuff. So people wanted a little bit more break. So. It sounds like maybe they'll have more sessions, but they're going to make it so that you can see hopefully all of the sessions and maybe have more interaction time with one another. Uh, but we'll see. The schedule should be coming probably. We probably won't see that till sometime in September. Either way, the traffic's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm choosing a hotel right near the venue. We could. Uh, I'll, I'll coordinate with you guys after the show if, yeah. if anyone's interested because I there's one that's relatively inexpensive right I down the street. I think we should coordinate now. We could spend the rest of the episode. Yeah, but I don't want the uh, I don't want the hotel to sell out. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. Well, as long as the Darth Vader yeah. cooperates with the <laughs> unless, unless you guys want to rent an Airbnb together. <laughs> uh, I don't like you guys that much. Thank you. <laughs> Lots of bathrooms, please. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... Good luck, everyone, in getting your 
Sissicon tickets. Yeah, I hate a warm toilet seat, so that's not going to work for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely going, I think, Friday during the day so that I could go to the Friday Bar Citizen and I'm leaving yeah. on a Monday after. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll organize a Citizen Cast meetup at some point as well, or a parlay meetup. Well, Quadnum wants to do it. Anyway, yeah. um, so that's CitizenCon. Hopefully no more issues with the server going forward. Um, now, if they held it in uh, Vegas sometime. I mean, they've certainly got the venue here to put it on. Yeah. It's true. I mean, maybe go to a bigger venue. It helps that it's close to the studios, though, for the equipment and stuff. Yeah, true. Um, we did get a roadmap roundup today. It wasn't super exciting. Some interesting things to note, though, uh, for release view. The following cards been added to Alpha 320. Uh, it's new missions, salvage contracts, cover-up. Players will be contracted to strip the gang markings and paint off a ship that was used in a crime that the gang doesn't want to get caught for. Security forces will also be searching for the ship to confirm and prosecute whoever had committed the crime. Uh, and then the following features have passed their final review and are toggled to committed. Arena Commander front-end update. I'm going to read the descriptions. I think we all know these. Arena Commander new racetracks. Arena Commander new Horizon Speedway rework. Arena Commander new dogfighting map, Jericho Station. Arena Commander new elimination map, Echo 11. Arena Commander new dogfighting map, Winner's Circle. Arena Commander new map, Security Post Korea. Security post Korea is going to be interesting. Yeah, well, it's because it's also it's dogfighting and there's the FPS level too, which is good. So you can practice um, that. Put practice shiving each other in the back. Yeah, and then um, they did remove a feature from three twenty uh, ship trespass. So we just learned about it, and they're removing it. The team is taking additional time with this feature in order to further flesh it out account for additional edge cases, and solve as many issues as possible. Therefore, we're removing this card from release view temporarily, and we're adding it to the next major release column. So um, they probably have people start pointing out problems with it. and yeah. from there. Here's the thing that's interesting to me. I mean, unless there's something really big with PO happening, or if we find other things... This sounds like a really light patch, and the fact that they're moving all these things to committed already, maybe we're going to get it a little early so that they can squeeze one more patch in between 3.20 and 4.0. Unlikely, but it would be impressive. Well, my guess is that 4, I already don't think 4.0 is coming this year. No, it's, um, it's definitely not. Otherwise, they'd be so, having But we might get... We might get this like a couple months early so that we can get something interesting and substantive before 4.0. Um, It'll probably be the same as like they have a 318 where everything's in PTU. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Before we uh, go into the regular weekly content, I actually got an e- we got an email right, right while we were on the show that I wanted to call out as a story. Um, it's called My First Aha Moment, and it's mm-hmm. by it's submitted by uh, Romulus. Oh, cool. 
So Romulus said, hello guys, I'm a new fan and relatively new player jumping in with my buddy on April 25th, 2022. That's uh, that new, unless he means 2023. But either way, new new compared to a lot of us. Knowing very little about the game ourselves, we just started feeling it out and asking questions whenever something seemed a bit too opaque. After about an hour, a kind gentleman we will call Derek offered to take us aboard and show us the basics. I thought, perfect. I'm very much a hands-on person. Watching a video won't help me. After some details in the station and learning some basics, we were soon in his ship and off to a bunker to get some gear the manly way. On the way down planet side to the bunker, we encounter a pair of ruffians who managed to scrap Derek's ship with my friend and I somehow riding it down to the ground relatively unharmed slung several hundred meters apart because physics question mark um i guess i didn't have to say question mark i could have just said physics Uh, derek lets us know he will be back in a few minutes but to get right inside the bunker and wait we stand in the bunker doorway chatting and taking in the surroundings i was checking out the impressive cloud haze above us when i noted i could barely see two small ships hovering above us waiting naturally we warn derek who simply replies hmm okay A few minutes later, we see the two ships begin to spin. At the same time, we see a large white light entering the atmosphere, and the ships began evasive maneuvers. As they begin, we see a trail of smoke leading from the white light, heading for the slower of the two ships and exploding it on impact. As as this explosion happens, we can see Derek dropping into the cloud cover where we watch him dance with the second ship for several minutes before inviting it to its own fireworks celebration. <coughs> um, our first memorable moment in Star Citizen was standing planetside, watching one ship enter the atmosphere and absolutely murking two other ships that had mercilessly ganked us a few minutes before. Watching it from the ground up through the, ha- uh, sorry, watching it from the ground up through the haze and cloud particle systems was enough to convince me that this game, this is the game that I've been looking for and all I did was watch. Thank you guys for taking the time to make interesting content for the most interesting game I've ever played. Hopefully you'll never need my medical services, though if you do, I'm always advertising in chat and always willing to help. Thank you, Romulus. All right, I know Romulus. Romulus. I yeah, know join exactly who it is, and I know who Derek is, too. Oh, that's so... Are they part of... Uh, 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 I Well, <laughs> I, I don't want to... You know, if I'm wrong, I just don't want to okay. put it out there. If they want to call him Derek, I think we should leave it at that. Okay. But, but I'm pretty sure I was there while it was happening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, it wasn't me. I'm not Derek, but I'm, you know, they were in Discord. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. So this is by Romulus. Any relation to Remus? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I, I think he joined Slipstream, if I'm not wrong. Nice. Well, thank you for uh, sharing. That's yeah, awesome. Sharing this yeah, so, yeah. This is this is the kind of stuff that really gets people excited, and yeah, this is definitely we know well, what this is. To to our wonderful new players who we're happy to have, welcome to the thing that'll have you daydreaming about the game for years. I know. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Can you say it again in English? I don't know. Can you say it again and check? Or... <laughs> I, uh, seriously, I didn't understand what you said. <laughs> said to all the new players, Sorry, I've got an attitude tonight. <laughs> um, let's see, I said, 
to to all the new players, welcome and we're happy to have you. Well, welcome to the thing that once you catch it, will have you staying up daydreaming for years. Got it. Well said. Yes. Now it's well said. Yes. Oh, check off. <laughs> You're a little spicy today, huh? Uh, I don't know because this whole uh, Citizen Con and cigarette issue really got me rallied up. Rallied up or riled up? <laughs> you guys are correcting each other. It's getting getting right. interesting. I uh, can't hear it through the breathing. <laughs> Does that come back again? I thought I did. Oh my God. Force me with you. I sound like we're in a porn movie. Heavy briefing. Young Skywalker. I'm just just breathing through my nose. What do you want me to do? Skyguard, do you have the right arm or is it a bionic? Like the. (laughs) Bionic man. It's it's literally at the point, Skyguard, where sometimes I feel like it's happening on my neck. <laughs> um, so uh we have another do you, do you of... want to start this over <laughs> no no, we... no this is perfect we don't have time no, this, this is gonna be i i think <laughs> we're gonna break all the records with this episode <laughs> I don't know. Call, what are you calling it? Vader strikes again. Yes. <laughs> I know he's going to come Breathless. up with something. I actually. <laughs> Take my breath away. That's a good one. <laughs> if you can use that one, call it top gun. I mean, first of all, normally I don't name the episode as early as. Do. I already had a name for the episode because of what you guys mentioned earlier. The title was Skyguard Blew Off Chekhov's Bags. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, but I think you take my breath away is even better. <laughs> so, so you're saying everybody's going to hear that I've got a stuffy nose on stream, right? <laughs> yes. But you have a really good microphone. You invest in your stuff. <laughs> this is a $30 headset. <laughs> we were trying to be nice, okay? This is Parley House. It's a group of guys who are tired and bored with work. It's already not nice. <laughs> um, so, this week, instead of the traditional Captain's Log Seaguard, what did we get? Describe this. So, I've got to give you a little bit of. I've got to let you in on a little. Well, everyone, I know the thing. So, uh, we've been listening to George Dumont, right? And we've got some interaction with the crowd and other people. So, I thought that was pretty cool. And keeping George Dumont's career going is. It's tough. It's it's hard to find the the content. George Dumont is the guy we've been talking about in the stories. You know, he's the sessions. If you haven't been listening to the last couple of shows, we've been doing George Dumont. So you can go back and catch up on him. So, um, so what I guess your alt, he's my <laughs> alternate, right? And he's the guy I really, I want to keep Seagard so, so alive. I, I just need you to keep track of Seagard in order to know who to assassinate. Hmm. Okay. That, that yeah. contract's going to pay big. Yeah. So, yeah. So the idea is that. I thought we have all these people who want to kind of 
kind of contribute and and I probably shouldn't just define the story of George Dumont. So I tried to put together something um, that kind of now is starting to make sense. And initially, only two people are going to have information but um, to help me write the next story, the next session. But this initial message is from a mysterious person who's using an anagram, a fake name, to send Seagard a message. And this whole event, you know, this whole series of events is going to lead to a bigger unfolding arc or space opera style story. But uh-huh. as people figure out the clues, as people figure out the clues, they'll be brought in with a code name. They'll get their own little code name. Um, and we're going to kind of build a community story out of it. I don't know how well this is going to work. So we'll take the feedback. Is this uh, Voldemort for... uh... (laughs) I was just going to say Voldemort, and that's what I call Mac. Yeah, so it's like, imagine if we started Harry Potter with just Harry Potter coming to school and meeting his two friends, and then where does this go from here, right? So right now we've introduced all the characters in the kind of in the parley house we have some still that we don't have does that but, make check um, out the sorting tanker you take a drink and you when you that's it? right that's right so the uh so basically now if someone you know has we'll we'll try to figure out where the story goes from here and then i'll push out a a you know a, a narrative or someone else will put out a narrative you know we can do either <clears throat> and continue to tell the story but It'll kind of give, I'm hoping it gives the Parley House a purpose and the group of people we have a purpose. Um, so this is kind of like, you know. It's, it's sort of like crowdsourced storytelling. Correct. It's, that's it's, exactly uh, it. It's, and, I believe it or not, it's, it was done out there with a, with a huge degree of success. It works awesome. very well. Yeah, I've never heard. I've never heard of that. So that's excellent. Yeah. Look, look up the series called "Behold Humanity." So, so this series <laughs> is <laughs> "Behold My Storytelling." There are clues in this. So, and well, I kept it to I kept it to clues that can come from anagrams, and oh. I kept it to clues that come from the Star Citizen Galactopedia. That's uh, that's really cool. Can we do epilogue breathless? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so this is Seaguard is Seaguard is is more than he's now going to become kind of my almost my ultimate alter ego. But uh, he is going to be he has a purpose, and the people around him are going to can do this purpose. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. I don't know if they're empire i don't i don't know i don't know but there's some clues here so if you want to write the story and help write kind of start discovering the stories looking right. galactopedia use anagrams so I'm, I'm gonna play the story or the the encryption but before i do we aren't gonna comment yes we're not here to to ruin it i'll of put myself right? on mute nope. okay uh-huh. yeah right, so let's it's short it's short but all right, let's listen and, uh, okay. and uh, let the listeners hear the message. Here we go. 
Encrypted package 23975. Decryption complete. Sigurd, we have monitored your progress and know that you are not ready yet. 30 years is less than we had hoped but it is still a long time. You should be better prepared but how ready you are is irrelevant as the opponent is moving faster than expected. Phase 2 has started. To reiterate your mission priorities, 1. You must find Artemis and be prepared to defend her. 2. You must disrupt and slow her opponents without drawing attention to her cause and resources. 3. The education of the young squire needs to accelerate. From your monitoring it has not achieved singularity yet. We believe your approach has been too soft. You need to expose it to the world of darkness and chaos that your opponents favour. Morin depends upon all of us but especially your team's efforts. We have investigated each of them, and they are the type of people you will need to succeed. Morin has approved bringing Diomedes and Odysseus into the circle. Alodinius Meyer. I'm guessing that's over. That's it. Okay. So how do you spell Ms. Meyer's name? Well, that's, uh, I can tell you. Hang on. Um, uh, M-E-I-R and... Um, oh, I have it here. I have it here. So, and, and it's not going to be simple to figure out, right? There's some... you got to put some pieces together. It's not... It's not like simple. So, Allodinius Meyer, A-L-L-O-D-Y-N-I-A-S, and then M-E-I-R, <clears throat> right? And the girl's name, the, the, the girl is, um, is Allodinius Meyer. That's the, the Welsh girl. The other person she mentions is Morin, M-O-R-I-N. Okay. So um, I'm guessing Alodinius Meyer's name is Rosanoli. No. No. So you guys can spend some time figuring that out, but digest that and I can I can potentially post the text out there or yeah, maybe just yeah, post the probably, audio out there. Probably yeah. have better chances with people going by the text. Yeah. Two people are gonna be like the two names I mentioned in there, Diomedes and Odysseus. Is, it, is this people we know? It's people. They're real people. That's their code names. Think of... Uh, oh, oh, great. Six million the, accounts. The Kingsman. What is it? The Kingsman? Yeah. Yeah. It's like they had Lancelot and all those guys. So I'm using Greek names. Diomedes okay. and Odysseus. All right. Excellent. You know, uh, just to—I mean, just an idea. Maybe we could do a little bit of a uh, like a scavenger on twist to add to this. Maybe something in game that we could actually they can bring to the next podcast that we can you know unveil. Oh yeah, maybe I can put something out there. Yeah, At least for, I can do it for next time for sure. We can put something out there. Yeah. The the only limitation I like want to put on the I I don't want to make it so that it conflicts with Wikipedia, right? I want it to be fit between the lines of what's in the in the Galactopedia, I mean, right? I, I don't want to... That's why I kind of kept it vague. We can take it yep. a lot of directions, right? We don't know if anyone's good. We don't know if they're bad. We just know that there's a mission. 
and yeah, phase three has started. So there's right. a phase one, right? So <clears throat> maybe at some point, Kiki, I don't know, the the podcast budget may allow like a prize, you know, a little ship. I don't know. Just throwing it uh, out there. Probably. You know, that'd be cool. Either scavenger hunt or the story or whoever, uh, you know, first to guess, first to uncover. Ooh, good point. Well, let's... Uh, we'll, oh, oh we, we, we lost Breathless. Yeah, so a uh, little bit of a blip there on the audio. But so the idea here with this story is that we want to spin something. Uh, we want to make it fun for everybody. Uh, we'll we'll figure out how this goes, um, kind of as a community story going forward. Maybe we'll even make it into Galactopedia. So, uh, so let's have fun with it. And if it doesn't work, we'll just you know trash it, and we'll try something else. Excellent. Um, yeah. uh, I will. No matter what, we'll create a channel in Discord in our Discord for the yeah. breadcrumbs. So whether we post this text yeah. or uh, post just the audio message. Um, just something for you to be able to look at and keep track of. Yeah. Oh, can I add one more thing? Yeah. <clears throat> the reason I brought two people in is because I want to, um, I don't want to just steer it on my own, even from this point on. I, I think you know, there needs to be a three of us kind of assessing the options of what people may or may not submit and, you know, watch for as many pitfalls as oh, we can. So these people know who they are and are participating? They don't know yet. They oh. don't know yet. Okay. Odysseus. <laughs> um okay well uh that brings us to tips and tricks we got one submission on the discord this week from chappy i am chappy um great movie i love that movie uh and he said i just found out you can right click on items on a corpse you are looting to open backpacks armor etc and see what's inside i had no idea Yes, you can. And it'll, it has a label for if it's a nested inventory as well. In other words, inventory inside of a backpack, right? Exactly. That would be nested? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's Chappie. Uh, Skyguard, any tips or tricks for the listeners? If you want to focus on something in your inventory screen, you can, like when you hit I, you can click on it and it'll shift your focus to it. Also work some stuff near the ground near you that you can pick up. Nice. Same as um, same with MFDs too. Didn't know that. Yeah, if you click on an MFD, it'll zone into it a little bit more. Like it'll center lock it um, for the moment. You'll it won't lock it, lock it. But uh, what about you, Chekhov? Any tips or tricks? So this is both a tip and a question so the omnimax gadget a you know don't place it unless you prepare to lose it and if anyone out there figured out how do you take it off the rock after you placed it and turned it off please let us know because i certainly could not figure it out and i think geeky was in the same boat no i could take it off of the rock. I know how to take it off. I you the remove button detach. Yeah, that's right, but it doesn't right. it would not light up for me. It highlights if you move at least from what I recall, if you move your cursor off of the like almost to the 
handle, the right handle of the gadget, it'll highlight. It's just off for some reason. Yeah. Okay. I'll try again. I was frustrated with my gadget the last time because I couldn't get it to get over 90% no matter what I tried. And then I shot it. Uh, FYI, folks, if you shoot the gadget, it will explode and kill you. <laughs> no, it took, you're right. It took a while to get it to 90 because it was very counterintuitive. But I did get it to 90. But it did not, uh, well, bottom line is I it didn't do anything. I couldn't crack. It, the rock was too big, so I was going to remove it and take it back. But, and yeah. the, the other tip is uh, that you cannot place two gadgets, uh, at least two different gadgets, on one rock. If anybody knows if you could do the same gadgets, again, let us know, because I haven't tried the same. I just tried two different ones. Someone was able to a while back, like in testing, 20 yeah. of them. He put, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if they changed that because they saw that video, you know? I, considering how much they cost, I think you should be allowed to do that just for the sheer novelty. I think they're trying to make it so that, you know, there's still challenge involved, but we'll see. Um, Seagard, what's your tip or trick? I know you said you had something. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, so there's there's a couple. One of them I did figure out on my own, but everybody else kind of probably knew this. You could store those gadgets underneath your backpack, right? It just mm-hmm. fits under your icon. Uh, yeah, there's a warning under the backpack. Down, they have a tendency to disappear. So the next tip and trick is actually Hamar and Badger. I think most I think Badger told me this part, but but Hamar and him were both assisting at this point, and that is that. Um, so when you attach this device um, and you put it on the rock and you activate it, right, you get the the effect. What you don't want to do is mine on the side. You don't want to activate your laser on the side where you put that device. You want to go to the opposite side of the, of the asteroid or rock and mine from that side. And when it breaks, the item will fall to the ground. And then you can retrieve it. Yeah, that was the other question, actually. That's a good point. Does it really matter where you place it uh, on the rock? You have to tune it, right? I mean, that, I don't know. I put it at the first place I went to, and I was able to get to 94% with tuning. Um, So uh, that, I don't know, but that seemed pretty high just for a random location, right? Yeah. So. I, I can't yeah, say yes or no. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm trying. Again, if anyone has the, those answers, I'm thinking, is there is there a better place to place it to where you're able to tune it easier? Yeah. That's probably right. a different way of asking the same question. Yeah. And this is for science or for tips and tricks? Tips and well, tricks. Well, yeah, it was really tips and tricks, but I, like I said, it was more of a you know uh, a tip with with a question. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I have another tip that the one I just realized that you were talking about, Kiki. You were reminding me. So you know, I go around and I pick up a lot of gowns and I pick up a lot of things on the ground. And I pick up little loot things and junk like that. Right. Uh, two things came out of that the other day. I went and sold what I picked up looting. Just I've been letting all that fruit and stuff sit in my inventory and the extra armor sleeves and junk like that. I got 30,000 out of it. Mm -hmm. That was about seven trips. Wow. Um, So 30,000 credits just for selling junk, including my blue robes and 
things like that, right? They're like 40 apiece. Really? Um, you can sell a blue robe. I didn't know yeah, that. so, yeah, you can sell the blue robes now. So, you know, if you're really low on cash, like, you know, I almost was the other day. I, I, I couldn't repair my ship because I had everything in inventory to be sold and I was on a different planet. So it's kind of like, oh, how am I going to do this? Well, I did have stuff there that I could sell. So I sold it and got 30000 enough to refuel my ship um, and at least do partial repairs. The, the second thing is, is that I am always looking for stuff, right? So I come around the corner the other day and I found 16 Horizon helmets on the ground in boxes. Oh, wow. I also found throughout a couple of days, probably 10 or 11 uh, Venture, RSI Venture suits like people get when they you know, they get respawned or whatever. They get the white suit, right? Those are great for extra suits on your ships, right? If you want to carry around a couple of those just in case you forget a helmet or you forget your suit or you forget your armor and you're already out and you're like, oh, man, what am I going to do? Just grab that. At least you can take that and go inside and loot something when you're picking up cargo. Yeah, that's so, a good point. I, I have about eight of them. Yeah, and it's, you know, and I have enough ships where I'm always looking for something to put on a ship so I don't, because I, I like to walk around, you know, in, in my clothes with my hat and glasses and uh, and get on the ship and not have to worry about equipment. So if you find that stuff, you got, you've got money, number one, and just grabbing it in your inventory and leaving it there, you know, you'll have something if you show up and realize, oh, I need a helmet. I forgot it. It's, it'll be yeah. on the ship. So Yeah, you, br you actually bring up a good point. I, I also find myself uh, in this patch... Uh, you know, playing very different. Like prior to, to this patch, I didn't really care whether I blew up a ship, not blew up a ship, big deal. I'll claim it. Right now, what I'm finding is that I'm really careful and I really don't want to blow up ships. Right. You know, it's kind of, it's a lot more fun to play this way. You you have your gear, you know, well, especially with Prospect. I can't afford to blow it up because I don't want to lose those big bags and, you know, loadouts and everything else. And and you do lose loadouts sometimes. So if you're careful with your ships now, it really pays off. And I think it's a more rewarding gameplay this way, you know? Right. Yep. Excellent. Um, there I go again with the excellence. Uh, the only other tip I have, is, you all know I've been uh, very fond of the cargo missions. Not cargo. Um, uh, uh, salvage missions. Uh, if you're doing a salvage mission, the ones I find that are the best are 50k and above, but make sure to not just scan the ship to see if there's cargo, because sometimes the scanning doesn't work. Check the ship. If there's cargo on the ship, it's going to be worth money. <coughs> I haven't found anything that wasn't worthwhile to take, um, and then I usually sell it at uh, like, last night I got one Quantanium, one SEU of Quantanium, which is worth twenty-two and a half thousand. I had an SCU of Widow, which is like twelve or seventeen thousand. I had Slam, which is like sixteen thousand or something like that. And then I also had a uh, Maze, which was worth ninety k. So those ended up paying for the mission cost plus, and then I filled up my salvage hold and sold that. So. Uh, definitely check. I find the hammerheads have been pretty fruitful. Awesome. Um, that brings us to For Science.
so uh, we did not get any submissions for science this week. Um, Skyguard, have you done anything for science? Specifically, no. Okay. Well, you did the prospector. You mean you figured you and the others did the prospector stuff the, the other day? The mole, right? Well, they did the mole, right? Yeah. But he was also there when they were doing the prospector. Yeah. Side by side. I mean, the dangers <laughs> the, of the, it. The guys in the prospectors had a whole bunch of problems. Oh, yeah. yeah um, with Slavius, if you blow your bags off, you can reattach them still. You just have to hop out with a uh... tractor. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, and actually, I probably could have done that. I didn't do it right away, but I didn't have missing brackets, so I probably could have just landed and grabbed them. Oh, yeah. I just pulled it out of the brackets that were in Flavius stuff and just stuck it on the side, and it worked just fine for them. Nice. See, see, see Chekhov, there is no need to scream so much. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a question for you, uh, uh, Skyguard. Uh so you were involved in that pretty heavily in the mining. Um, so just your impression, and I, I guess, you know, Chekhov, you were there too. Um, is there is there an advantage to, it, well, this, my, my impression from listening to you guys was that the single seat prospector, um, the single seat prospector working on its own, really did not have any disadvantages that the single person operating a mole would not also experience, right? In other words, I, I, a, I a mole, you don't understand? So basically, do you yeah. think it was better to mole solo, to mine solo in a mole, or better to mine solo in a prospector? Solo, in a, your, pro- what you solo in a prospector. That's, yeah, that's, so... That's well, what I thought. That's, that was my impression. I'll, I'll even give you, I'll expand. I agree with Skyguard. I always wanted to get a mall, and that's probably a single reason why I will not, because I absolutely hate doing solo mall. It's, it's very frustrating, especially now, planet side, it's next to impossible because most likely you'll probably blow up. You know, with, with <laughs> not, what's not going to be on. rude, but it's not meant to be used solo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's my point is before it was definitely the better option. It was. You had, it was. You had more power. You had more components. Um, yeah. And, and Sigur, keep in mind that you typically mined in space before. Now, planet side is more advantageous and it's absolute disaster solo mall planet side. Right. And the prospector seemed pretty darn capable, even stock. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. yeah, but now you, you throw the big bags on it. It's oh, better. my yeah. God. It's... Well, well uh, something else you overlook is we've gone from one really profitable element that you've gone to search high and low for to 10 elements that are all pretty profitable in their own right in varying amounts. Um, and just, yeah, it's yeah. become well, a lot more... So... It's, it's not just quant mining anymore. You can go out there and you can just... You could probably go to any moon uh, or planet in the system, with the exception of Crusader, and expect, reasonably expect to find valuable stuff to mine. Right. So, so did you – go ahead. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. so the I, – I would say it will take us a long time 
to perfect the prospector mining game right now and I'm, I'm hoping somebody will post the video soon because think about the it's the most complex uh, game loop in the game now think about the possibilities right you can literally put every single module and every single gadget right so what are there let's say you have 14 different combinations that you're carrying with you right and now you have to go figure out what is the best combination for any given rock out there right which creates right. to me that's probably the most complex game right now yeah. so 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 now we we kind of determined that that a single prospector is better than a single player mole and we've kind of determined also that a three-person mole is probably more capable than a prospector single person. Yes. But at an individual level, so there's three guys on the mole, or potentially there has to be four, actually, a pilot and three miners. Do you think it's more profitable for each of them than the solo pilot and the prospector? No. But profit per hour, I would say prospector will win. Right. But they, the other guys will, they will make some money. I mean, they'll make a decent, a decent amount. Oh of money yeah, absolutely. But but it will take a lot longer. So I will, I will be able to probably put in three, four quarters uh, in time. You know, by the time they they fill up the the mall, and and I will, actually, uh, and I'm not we, splitting we it. We usually filled it up pretty fast. You usually took one big rock to fill us up. Okay, so. Uh, Okay, but that's still probably still. What are you splitting at that point? I still think you probably. Um, we, we would use, so we would usually split the between the three of the, the three mining guys. Um, we would usually split the unrefined profit between the three of us, and then the owner would get the full thing. No, no, I get that, but like apples to apples, if you would assume that you were splitting refined, uh, so four orders. Well, we we were, we were making like four or five hundred thousand, right. depending on what we had per load. Yeah. Oh, pre pre refined. No, in in in, in the total value of our product. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's four rounds. That's three to four rounds in a prospector. So, yeah, and that's what I was wondering. I mean, it's good if the mole can consistently bring in loads, but it doesn't have three times the – or four times the cargo capacity of a of a prospector, right? It is – it's – it's. I guess you would probably – do you think um, – do you think it would be better to go for like in a mole to go for the harder-to-break high-return items and then the prospector to maybe go with the – um, yeah, I want to say tier two, not top tier, but more plentiful, more readily available, maximize the number of runs. Yeah, you need to be very selective because you want to come back. That's a single run for you. So you have to be very selective in a mall. Find that huge rock that has good top tier two or tier one material. And that, that would be, in my view, the, the, the strategy with the mall. Gotcha. Well, okay. with, with with the quantity of stuff you're bringing in, so e even stuff on the lower end. I mean, we would bring in like fifty or so SCU of 
or even 60 SC of tier two and tier one stuff, and maybe in 30 to 40 SCU out of all, this is all of 96 SCU on the mole um, of tier three. And then every now and then we'd have, oh, an issue with inert, which is really is junk. Um, right. Well, I think, I think what's going to make the difference with the mole that you don't have with the prospector is when it's not just removing mining bags, but when you're able to remove them, the yep. mole has three stacked. That's a huge difference. So it fills up all its mining bags. It drops mining bags. It has two more mining bags left in each slot. Um, What's the prospector have? Just the one. Oh, in each slot. Yeah. Just okay. one in each slot. Whereas I, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, the mole has three. And then they once one drops, another one expands out. It doesn't currently, obviously. Right. So, you know, and you're noticing, I mean, we're noticing these locations are having a lot more clusters of fairly valuable rocks. Once you bring in refining to the, to the location, you're probably going to be able to do a lot more, a lot quicker. And I think the mole will be even more valuable there. So there is, there is more to come here. There, there's like the ability to sell, like if you were the prospector guy and someone could pick up your bags and, re, you know, take them back and get them yeah. set up in the the thing, that's a huge advantage. But um, the mole can't exploit that advantage of its multiple bags until it gets that capability either. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. huge. That is huge. I mean, I, ideally, if this is your favorite game loop, you're going to own all three. You're yeah. going to have Orion, you're going to have Prospectors, you're going to mold, maybe with multiple Prospectors, you're going to have crews, like, like Skyguard said, you know, that was, uh, that makes sense, you know, you're going to fill up a mall, you're going to uh, cash them out right there because you're taking the risk, you know, everybody's happy, made some money, had fun, you know, at that point, yeah, if you're going to be serious about that particular game loop, I've, I could see myself owning all three. Well, imagine this too. Now, just to add in more. Me too. I could see all three. More. Uh, <laughs> I do. Just to, add, <laughs> just to add more complexity of, of theory crafting here, but it's also not theory crafting. It's what we know, but it's like, yeah. imagine right now we're using those ships to locate things. But when surveying is more viable in game right. and there's a method to sell information, you're not going to have to go find these high yield locations anymore. You're just going to purchase the locations or, you know, right. Where if like, say it's between uh, the science org and the industrialists, like then we'll just keep it in org, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is what I meant when I said before about these complex missions, right? So you, you may need a crew, to complete a mission, you know, uh, a scout uh, a pilot and then a, uh, a, you know, a mole or something that will mine and, and somebody else that will deliver cargo. And then and only then, if you take a mission, they will actually allow you to sell cargo, take the bags off and sell cargo from someone else's ship, right? So if you don't take a mission, you will not have that ability, right? Because right. that's restricted. But if you're doing it as a mission, guided, sort of say, 
than you would. That, yeah. that I could see happening. And the other thing, too, that I think is going to be interesting, I wonder if we'll have, like, a way as a group to keep almost, like, work orders, like, hey, you know, because not everyone's on at the same time, but the people who spend most of their time mining, if they come on and a group already just did, you know, they surveyed two moons, right. um, you know, that gives people content now that could drive their, their days. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I think that could be really interesting. You know, it's another aspect that will come is obviously there's the min maxing right now. We're kind of at the maxing attempts, right? Uh, there's some some people like me. I stay stock all the time, right? My my moles are stock. My prospects are stock. Um, but there is going to be a point where maximizing your mining capability in a mole or a prospector is not going to be cost efficient, and it's it may let you get to more expensive things. It may make you a little safer, but the cost is soon going to outstrip the profit. So it's going to be a different type of. Um, I don't want to say spreadsheet math, but, you know, spreadsheet calculations involved. But it's going to be interesting to see how people do it. Uh, (laughs) Instead of maxing or minimizing, you know, they're going to be optimizing, right, for safety or for profitability, um, you know. Yeah. Or we're specializing in breaking certain types of rocks even. Correct. So that, you know, you become the expert in laranite or whatever. Because the other thing, too, we have to think about is all the stuff is going to be subject to whether it's viable within the current state of the game economy. Correct. So, yeah. and then, then the question will be, well, if it's, if it's low-hanging fruit and we know it will eventually go up, do we store it at one of our facilities until it goes up and mm-hmm. then we can create a work order for a hauler to go and move it and sell it somewhere? Mm-hmm. Like, can we do those things? And I think we will be able to do something to that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That'll be the next. That'll be cool when they can integrate that. Yeah. That's, no, that's good. I'm, I'm glad I, I, I'm sorry if I asked those questions, but I was kind of just trying to get some thoughts on it. Oh, no. It's good stuff. Um, so let's move on for time's sake here. It's time to talk about your question of the week, Seagar. Oh. I'm getting hungry with the Chinese music. <laughs> Mongolian barbecue. Well, we, we now know what Sigurd was thinking about when he wrote this. Yeah, Benny. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so Sigurd asked last week, given the dangerous and commercially competitive nature of known space, the Parley House residents want to co- cooperate for mutually beneficial economic and security purposes. What would be your choice in naming this partnership? And for for qualification's sake, folks, it's because technically we don't consider the Parlay Horse House Parlay Horse. Horse. We don't consider the Parlay House a an org. Um, so I'm going to read Seaguard's options because those were the ones that people mentioned. Um, most people. Um, that wasn't me. <laughs> Most people mentioned uh, 
their own actually. But uh, first one, A, Seagard said, Cooperative Corporate Venture Conglomerate, CCVC. Uh, B, Independent Operators Industrial Conglomerate, IOIC. Uh, C, Confederation of Independent Industrial Operators, CIIO. D, Strategic Alliance of Industrial Operators, SAIO. And then E, Other. Uh, well, there's a bunch well, of chat GPT ones too, but I'm not going to. Wait, wait, wait. But why is it uh, all industrial? I think because most of our members are trying to do something economic. And yeah, well, now, industrial member, you could be a mercenary group and still be considered industrial. It's a service. You would be service oriented, or you'd be the security aspect of, of the S or the espionage portion of the industry, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. There's a lot of things that go in here. So, uh, 17 said, I'm a big fan of C, which is the Confederation of Independent Industrial Operators. Uh, Skyguard, you said Parlay's Independent Operator Consortium, PIOC. It says, let's make room for the combat guys. Um, I agree in the sense that, like, um, the industrial part almost sounds too much like the in- industrial gameplay, but I get it. Um, Gothic said Parlay Interstellar Starship Syndicate. Oh, I like the syndicate part. Oh, pissed. <laughs> oh, pissed. <laughs> yes, we like the pissed one. Uh, Mr. Tim for PC said, Oh, baby, why put a label on us? You <laughs> <laughs> and he did a winky face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Jandal said Independent Industrialists United, IIU. And then he said, Seems like I've heard of that one before. Um, Drowse said Parlay Party and Smokehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so are we smoking ribs or smoking chips? <laughs> That's right. I think I or smoking joints. <laughs> um, the Nubkins just said represent and had an image of I, resep- I represent the crib. Uh, Zeem said D, strategic alliance of industrial operators. Rolls off the tongue nicely compared to the others, both in its full wording and its acronym, which is SAIO. Uh, Silver Volk said, I'm with Gothic. <coughs> So another one for piss. Oh, I'm, I'm pissed. <laughs> I, I, you get another vote. Did you see Jim Jangle, Jangles yeah. put in? Yes. So Jim Jangles put Consolidated Consortium of Collective Collaborators and Cooperative Corporate Concerns, or C7 for short. <laughs> <laughs> to which Zeme replied, copyright. <laughs> Strikeout Actual said Spaceballs United Corporate Kingpins also known as Suck <laughs> That's probably the most accurate one Cybear <clears throat> uh, said Interstellar Cooperative Network Icon That's not so, bad. And it's capital I, capital C, lowercase O, capital N I like that one a lot That's not bad Um uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this name. It's Dersashol. So I think this is his new contribution. He put CCI. Um, 
what's it stand for? There's the show. Um, Cause there wasn't an option up there that I saw. Oh, well, we read off some others. There's yeah, CIC. Yeah, there's no CCI. Oh yeah. Consortium of cooperative Inter- industries, CCI. Oh, so he's agreeing with someone. Yeah. Well, that was the ones that uh, I think who pulled those out on chat GTP. I did. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's yours. Yeah. That's one of yours. Consortium oh, oh I, didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that one. Yeah. Oh, so someone did say that consortium of cooperative industries. I do like that too. Well, why do I feel inadvertently we're going to end up as an org? No, because we, because we are. Because it's a yeah. collection of orgs. So we are right. We're fighting yeah. not to be one because but... it's not an org. We swear we're an org now. Well, we're we're trying not to build too big, right? So we're trying to specialize have the orgs run independent, but at the same time have more collective or favorable agreements between yeah. them. Well, we could run it like a Grateful Dead, the Japanese style, right? A unanimous decision-making and all that kind of jazz. Let's get down with the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Canuck2099 said, Federation of Unified Buddies Amassing Resources or Riches. Uh, so FUBAR. Ooh. <laughs> I know which one Seagard likes. <laughs> and then Jen Annoyed said, Sit Anon, Star Citizens Anonymous. Hello, my name is Jen Leonoid, and I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the support group we need. That's for, right. That's right. So those were all great <clears throat> submissions, everybody. Any other additions that come to mind for folks? Was there one from uh, um, oh, uh, Luster? No. He sent me something. It was. Let's see if I can't find it. He sent to me. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick because he sent me an idea. You know he sent someone sent. It might have been Lester sent me something too. Let me look real quick. I have it. It's oh here. It, I have it. Maybe I, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it though. Want me to send it to you? Uh, hang on. Oh. Shoot, he sent me something too, and it's, I it's an MP4. I can send it to you right now. I've got it. I know, but I have to. Um... So this, I'll tell you the story. This is really cool what he did. Mm-hmm. So he took an AI, um, typed in some parameters, and and got a speech, and then he took a voice from uh, the game. And had the AI copy that voice with its intonations, mm-hmm. and then had it say the lines that are his answer. So it's it's really cool what he did. It took him a while to do it. He was so excited when he and it's really cool. And it's all done with AI, uh, you know, Chekhov. So he yeah. had it, it emulated a voice from. It's actually the the voice of. The guys from Consolidated. Yeah, um, Silas Corner. Silas oh, Corner. Wow. He speaks like Silas Corner. And he sounds, you know, the way he annotates things verbally is the same way. Um, and it's about, really a good answer. How about we uh, listen to it? Because I've got okay, it right here. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Why fix something that's not broken? Ladies and gentlemen, Oxford Dictionary defines the word parlay. 
as a discussion between enemies or people who disagree in order to try and find a way of solving a problem. Oxford Dictionary also defines a house as 1. A building for human habitation, especially one that is lived in by a family or small group of people, and 2. A building in which people meet for a particular activity. In the world of science, the pH scale is a scale that measures how acidic or base water is, with 7 being neutral. In the Parley House, we have all kinds of people, all at different points along the scale, from acidic pirates to base like traitors, all different, all citizens of the verse. So with that all said and done, welcome to TPH, the Parley House. Mm. Isn't that awesome? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know what he wrote? Cool. I saw him post why change and he must have removed it after wait, wait, who, who did this again Lester Lester off wow yeah that, that is cool. really cool I mean that is super cool it that he was like hey, I, want, the- I want I want I want to wait to I want you to wait I want to wait but I can't I can't I'm too excited I want to tell you I want to tell you <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, all right let's go to channel A and let's let's listen I was blown away I will I mean, say it sounds a little <laughs> bit like Silas but it's more his cadence and yeah. his voice. Yeah. His style sounds a little bit more like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Where he's like, today we're going to invent, so, you know, like kind of like a Lincoln yeah. commercial. Yeah. This one, it's definitely, um, I had two, the, the guy from the Twilight Zone, right? That was one guy I envisioned mm-hmm. in my head. Or a guy from a 1950s commercial, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the tone of voice, but come get your holiday house. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. That was really cool. I'm glad you remembered because I completely forgot to do that. Yeah. Um, Excellent. Well, Seagard, what's your question for? Yeah, so there's someone that we we kind of inadvertently stumbled across this. um, Now that I'm thinking about it, but here here's the question. So in the Stanton system, each planet has one major city and one orbital station. Um, how will CIG handle this in more established systems that have billions of people and much bigger and more numerous cities? <clears throat> okay. Great question. Now I'll post that out there. Excellent. So that brings us to our Q&A. Um, Drowse was first up. He said, what do you think about the pending ship price updates without the ships seeing any kind of rework to justify the price increase? I know inflation is an easy excuse, but wouldn't they just increase across the board if that was the case? And the hoplite increase makes zero sense. We did that last week. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, because we said, eh, eh, it's about time they raise their prices, inflation. You know what? That's uh, Because I always look at my notes to see where we stepped off. That's right, because he asked it while we were still recording, and I just threw it in. I think. Um, okay. CN Fries said, will there ever be a trailer attachment for a ship or ground vehicle? I think it'd be nice for uh, combat to then salvage the parts for from our opponents solo. What do you think, uh, Skyguard? Will there be a trailer hitch? Maybe a tractor hitch. Maybe a tractor hitch. Hmm. I think that's or, or a generalized problem. tractor field or something. It wouldn't be mm. particularly stable, but so if like somebody starts shooting your ship or something, you'll just lose the field. But mm. I, I don't see why you couldn't. Uh, 
Uh, you know, it probably couldn't work in a, with, a, you know, the, oh gosh, the master modes. Mm-hmm. Like you have weapon systems and then you have tractor systems and you can't operate them both at the same time. Yeah, probably not. What uh, what do you think, Chekhov? Will there be hitches? Uh, hitches? I don't understand. Trailer attachment. Yeah, but for ground vehicles or ships. Oh, oh, for ground vehicles. Well, yeah, ships. I don't think so. For ground vehicles, I uh, I'm not sure, and I don't know if I really care if there will be or not because I don't see a purpose for that. Um, that's like sort of uh, you know. Fixing uh, clouds on Laurelville when the grain is breaking. I think that's like one of those last mm. things we should be worrying about. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Seagard? Absolutely. I also think there'll be trains. And I'm not joking. I really do. You know, they're, they're, it's common themes in, in sci-fi, right? I mean, even, you know, even in Australia now, we have land trains where they have one big Peterbilt or semi-tractor trailer pulling seven or eight carriages. In Europe, you use multiple trailers on trucks. Uh, we just don't have a need for it yet, but I could see where it would be cool to have um, trains that travel between cities on the planet and has stops along the way. And uh, you, know, you can build settlements along the way, just like you did in the old West and pirates and or not pirates, they'd be train robbers. And murders, murders on the order in Orient Express. So definitely. Okay. So, yep. Um, I'm not sure if 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 they do appear in the game, they'll be later on. I would imagine. I think most vehicles that will have like the storage for those things will just mm-hmm. come equipped with it built in. Right. Um, more than anything, um, at least initially, maybe maybe we'll eventually get some sort of um, modular vehicle. Um, but so far, it doesn't look that way. Uh, Skyguard, you asked, what should the punishment for murder hobos be? For murder hobos? So there's a difference between pirates and murder hobos. <clears throat> pirates kill people for a profit and steal their stuff. Murder hobos kill people just for the fun of it and no other reason. Hmm. Uh, I mean... Crying. It's a crime. Yeah. I, I think I think judging someone for why they kill in the game. Now, granted, personally, murder hobos are jerks. Um, and it's annoying. However, it's just like in real life. It, the motive might mean something if it was like maybe for uh, someone in distress or something like that. But beyond that, murder's murder, you know? Um, so... I think it should just be very severe. Should, should, should there be like an aggravated charge we can tack onto there? Or? Oh, yeah. I mean, someone who's perhaps uh, we can start listing someone as a serial killer, <laughs> especially if they're like not taking missions and they're killing somebody. Maybe the the crime system can, the law system can figure that out. What do you what do you think, uh, Chekhov? Oh, I should. I would think that we should have to have a trial by a jury, like we do in the real life, right? I mean, <coughs> can't just punish somebody without to, you know, course, right? Well, I think I the think game. It would be an, 
assumes that. Oh, okay. That would be cool. You can retain a lawyer, spend a million, you know, (laughs) (laughs) show up in court, wait for the judge, you know. That would be a really fun game loop. Have them take days arguing over your case, months. And all your accounts that are related, it would be frozen. Your finances would be frozen. (laughs) Or just go to prison. (laughs) That's right. Or go to prison for a week, a month. What uh, what do you say, Sigurd? I, yeah, I think I think it'll handle itself in the game. Um, I don't think we're going to dodge that bullet. We're going to have jerks. Yeah. And uh, we're also going to have guys that we think are jerks, and we're not going to really understand their intentions. But, you know, uh, it's something that CIG has to deal with, and I do think that part of that is the 9-to-1 ratio of NPCs versus people, right? The, despite wanting to be a PvP-only um, and thinking Care Bears don't want to be in PvP, they're stacking the odds that most encounters will be with NPCs. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. That, and I think, the uh, and a lot of people have talked about this before, like, um, you know, like Salty Mike, for instance, he's like, listen, there's a difference between random killing and stopping people from playing the game intentionally right Right. and granted it's a fine line because like pad ramming is definitely um you know griefing right whereas killing someone out in the open in you know less safe space that's a risk you're going to have to take however the game itself eventually will create enough variation within systems. And when the AI is good enough and when the, we're, we're more populated in a system like Stanton, Stanton should feel like a safe place in most of the system with some rough edges. And then Terra should feel like an ultra safe place. And Pyro should feel like a very unsafe place unless you're in with the ruling gang. And Nyx should feel kind of like a... um you know, like sus system, you should feel a little bit less uh, safe there than you do in Stanton, but you should probably feel safer than Pyro. <coughs> Vandal space yeah, should be exactly. terrifying. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that I agree with 100%. You should be able to enjoy every facet of the game based on what you want to do. It, you shouldn't be, be like, if you don't want to, you know, be attacked by pirates, then just get into a different system. But speaking of which, I don't know about you guys, but to me, I mean, a piracy game is almost non-existent right now. I used to be attacked all the time. I haven't encountered pirates in, you know, in a long time. Right. I think right. they're still there, but it's just not as common. Um, next question comes from Cybear. And he said, with or he asked, with the whole sea on the horizon, what do you consider a reasonable time to wait for cargo to be loaded onto your ship? And are you worried the game has too many elements that simply require you to wait? Claiming ships, quantum travel, loading cargo, etc. I, uh, I think for the size of the whole sea, I think at a minimum two to five minutes, even up to 15, is perfectly reasonable. It's 4,000 SCU of cargo. You can't just hand wave that. Yeah, if you're looking for shorter, there's a whole A. 
what about uh, you, Chekhov? Um, I don't know about cargo, but I, I kind of uh, agree that, that some uh, elements, like, for example, they approved on the elevators, right? I think the tramps should also have an ability for you to... Look, if you enjoy taking a ride and, and enjoying the view, that's up to you. There should be like a button, like an express button that you could press and just instantly get to where you need to go. It just, you know, takes way too long, especially with, you know, selling cargo, refining, you know, taking it from point A to point B. You know, sometimes that just gets boring, you know. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see them improve on that. Yeah. Well, I think in that instance, it's because good cargo, like the way the cargo routes work now isn't the way I think they will in the future. And that, that same, uh, that same bar citizen in Hong Kong. Um, and we don't know if this is like accidental, but like Todd Pappy mentioned or someone mentioned, they actually see the whole sea as a, a, a cargo transport within system mm-hmm. versus yeah. across systems. Correct. It's the um, D&E. Yeah, the D&E are the ones across systems. The C is from station mm-hmm. to station, and the station supplies the landing zones. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, that changes things when you might only need a whole A to take something from Port Tressler down to mi- Microtech, but if you want to make uh, more money or supply other parts of the system, then you're bringing things that are mined on microtech refined. I think that the challenge is they need to put more refineries in the game because like something mined in microtech should be or have, microtech. Or, you, or have certain of, I mean, L1 Lagrange points have relatively low gravity and mm. low gravity in general, especially with the asteroid and the local Lagrange points would be really good for manufacturing. So yeah, set up some sort of industrial facility at some of the L1 Lagrange points besides just yeah. not, not even just at the L1 specifically but some of the outer ones like have there be specific chemicals you can only get in the outer Lagrange points give people a reason to be out there yeah and I think they'll I think they will start to do that too I think it has to do with like they haven't built out the physicalized manufacturing nodes yet I think that's part of what we'll start to see with the newer underground facilities um, and such. Uh, the other thing I would say is, yeah, there are time sinks, but there are ways around some of the time sinks in the sense that like, you don't have to go planet side all the time. Um, now, granted, I don't think there's enough gameplay right now to where you could avoid planet side for very long. Um, but I do think the idea is planet side supposed to be with reason, right? If you're going to go down into the gravity well, and most people will probably stay on stations <clears throat> or log out in their ship, you know? Um, anybody else have anything to comment on that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, mine, mine is that... Um... I think if you look at the types of jobs that exist in the real world, you can determine relatively what the cost of that, what that person should be able to afford in the universe, right? If you're a manager of some kind, you're going to make decent money. 
right? You're going to live in decent quarters. And if you live in a different, in a, in a city, you may not live as well, right? But you may be closer to everything. If yeah. you're a miner, you know, you're working for a company, you probably should make a salary as opposed to be making riches, but you shouldn't pay any of the cost to operate the ship or replace the ship. If you're an independent miner, well, then there's going to be slow days and, you know, you're not going to get a, you're going to pay yourself. Um, but there's all these roles exist that they just aren't in the sci-fi world. I mean, a hot dog costs what a hot dog costs and, and it costs in the U S differently than it costs in China and things like that. So I think that, um, the starting point should be based on the standard of living of the average person in that invite in that environment and you know how the wealth is distributed right so i would say like a whole sea captain should be a pretty seasoned sailing officer who's done a multitude of different types of sailing probably outside of the solar system not just inside the solar system you know, served a couple of years and been on different ships. I think they should probably make it in the realm of, you know, a decent salary, right? Because they're mm-hmm. taking a huge risk. A private owner of a whole sea, well, that's a different matter. That's yeah. a private venture. Um, but I think that's kind of how it should be pra- priced out. So I would think that given the same amount of work in a year that a captain of a whole sea and a crew of a whole sea should probably make slightly more than the the average crew of a of a mole. Right, the value of the ship is lower. The responsibility is lower. The hard the work is harder. Right, I, I would say it's probably harder, but it's neither are easy, and the risk is probably a little higher on the uh, on the uh, hull sea. If you make yeah. a mistake and you cause damage to the ship, that could be your career. Um, yeah. So I, I think that. It's not a tough mechanic. I would say, you know, the average person probably is making, let's say it's the equivalent of six, you know, $60,000 a year. Bracket all those jobs in there. And that's, you know, prospector and guy on a mole, captain of the mole might make $70,000 a year, you know, and kind of build upon those things. Police officers, right? Things like that. Military. So. I, I do think that the the wait time is not necessarily the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the profitability over time is really what's important. Because if you're a captain of a ship, you may travel for a week steady in quantum land, spend 24 hours looking around a city and buying things you want, looking at things and getting into adventures or sightseeing. And then you fly back for another week and you sit for two weeks waiting for your next flight. <clears throat> mm-hmm. right, that was my airline brother was like that right he did he flew six times a month and made three times as much money right but uh he also flew with you know 300 people on the airplane that were counting on him to do his job yeah so yeah interesting i guess uh i guess we will see yeah um you know there's a lot a lot of things to consider and so much potential. I, I think, I, I do think they want to find ways to, to enable um, more casual players. Right. To, to have fun quickly. 
it'll just you know they're they're fleshing out a lot of big things right that's right a lot of people are still you know it's still a lot of people still play with the mindset of end game right years ago i gave up on end game i i i don't have time to earn things so i have to spend real money generally i can't go play 24 hours in a day so i have to go spend real money to get those and this is the first game where i really went a little bit crazy on that but um on the other hand I can understand the person saying, I want an endeavor and I don't want to play for three years to get it. Yeah. I, I understand that. But you'll still need to play some time to have the money to support a ship like that. So Correct. It really, it, right. there'll, be a, there'll be a sink in some way. <clears throat> you yep. you lose a part on that ship, you're not going to be able to replace it with right. peanuts. Um, yep. Excellent. Uh, Drowse has one more question for us. This one's a little more salacious. Um with the release, or, or he's not with the release, will the release of Squadron 42 actually hurt CIG more than help? Reason being that most people blast through a single player game quite quickly, and then what's left? A desolate PU that CIG won't be able to build and populate the universe with quickly enough? Going off track record and the pace of CIG game development, do you feel this could be the case? If you play on the daily, some of the basic quality of life things for the PU are never fixed. It's all blamed on being an alpha. Is the PU going to remain in a state of alpha long after Squadron 42 releases? It's not just a copy-paste from Squadron 42 to the PU, and since they're holding back many features so that they're not leaking Squadron, I was just wondering. Otherwise, with the slow implementation to the PU, we still have a long wait. Looking forward to the discussion on this. What do you think, Skyguard? Now, what's the simple version of that question? That sounded so more like a TLDR, question. TLDR, he feels as though, do well, you the, think it'll have a bad perception if Squadron releases in a relatively, I'm guessing, in a relatively yeah. time period? Won't people be essentially turned off by the PU because it's so unfinished and, and buggy? Yeah. Well, uh, in I, one I, sentence, I, I think what he means will Squadron cannibalize PU? Well, no, PU will probably cannibalize stuff from Squadron. Um, I follow a lot of the, a lot of the development for Squadron, and it's basically just a single player version of the PU with quests in yeah but ultimately he's saying so say squadron 42 is an awesome game yeah and people enjoy it and then when they're done what's next they go into the pu and they get a buggy experience and do the they PU's think that's still an alpha yeah and it, it's is, like, it is it is labeled and plastered yeah all over the snake in place it's in the currency even it's an alpha anybody who's in game chat will tell you it's an alpha. They're still making it. The, yeah. the the fried rice is still frying over the fire. The bread's still baking in the oven. Mm. The gelatin has not set yet. Mm. I'm it's getting it. hungry again. <laughs> well, what, what do you whipped think? Whipped cream has not been whipped. <laughs> what do you think, Chekhov? Uh, well, again, I understood the question is, is, and I get it, right? So you coming into this new shiny object, which is Squadron, and then it says, wow, 
and why would I ever want to be back at PU? Two two different types of player. I believe it or not, I never purchased Squadron. I don't have an interest in Squadron. Uh, this is do you what have I like. concierge? No. Oh, I was going to say, say if you have concierge, you've got Squadron. No, I, I didn't buy it, and it, it was cheap. I because I just didn't find anything. I I like uh, multiplayer. That's what I want to do. Yeah, it's going to be cool. So is uh, Cyberpunk. So, and that you know kind of fizzled out very quickly. <clears throat> so no, to me, I guess the answer is no. EU will continue to grow, and it'll be perfectly okay. Okay. What What about you, Sigurd? Yeah, you know me. I've always got a different take. So for me, I think it's going to be massive. I think that uh, Squadron 42 will push us into out of Alpha. And I do think that, number one, the Squadron series is three. Three separate pieces. And I think that several solar systems are going to come out of the Squadron 42 when it releases. Right. We may not be able to play them right away, but they will be available and we will get to them within months. Um, they will be announced that they exist, uh, but they will want people to kind of play through those environments. And if you want to run supplies to them in the war and you'll be able to do that, you know, from the in the PU. The other thing is, I think that several capabilities, a lot of capabilities and a lot of ships have been kept back. A lot of the Galactopedia has been left vacant because it would give away too much of the shock and awe of what they're trying to do with Squadron 42. Um, and the third part is, is that, you know, based on what he did, what, what uh, Chris Roberts did when he was a kid in his 20s and he did the Wing Commander series and he did six of them and they were top sellers huge games. I mean, these were games where Mark Hamill, right out of Star Wars, was was the star in in the game with cameo shots and videos. And, and you know, this is back in the 80s. He had uh, Gimli, the dwarf. I can't think of his name. The, the, John Reese davies Yeah, John Reese davies He was in there. X-Files, um, uh, the woman was in several of the shows. I can't think of her name. Oh, okay. Jillian Anderson. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She, I think she looks better now. She all, did that. all of who are in Squadron as well. All of them, right? All these actors that he knows, he has met through his other endeavors and through his previous games. So what's coming is going to be a lot more than people are used to. They haven't seen a game like this in the in the in the recent twenty years. Certainly not. The other much. thing is, anyway. if you look at things like Call of Duty, Call of Duty got a following because of the story, not so much the gameplay, right? Everyone wanted to know about this character, the, you know, the original captain who's leading all the missions and giving you advice. And I can't think of his name, but, you know, he's the ultimate, you know, killer, you know, who goes through these stories with your character. Um, Which is ironic because the gameplay is what makes people like the gameplay is the part I like about Call of Duty. The stories stink but the big first ones were excellent but right? their they advertising were, is great <laughs> yeah and uh so you know the a lot of people would play through it was a, it was about the story so they got a huge following from that 
But, you know, Chris has a track record. And he's got some really good movies. I mean, they're, these movies are no jokes. These are good box office movies. Um, I think Squadron 42 is going to open a, um, a can of technology that we haven't seen, a can of, um, you know, uh, things you can buy in the game, clothes, uniforms, helmets, weapons, aliens, ships, um, locations, jump points, secret jump points. Uh, you know, I think it's all going to come open and we're going to see it for the first time, you know, in 70% of its mature form, if not higher. Um, and eventually at the end of the three series, I think we will have all of the solar systems active that were initially promised. That's what I think is going to happen. I think this is going to be huge. Do you think we'll finally be vindicated and people stop saying it's Oh, absolutely. I think any of the individual games will be. I mean, I remember playing Wing Commander. You could play that game four or five different ways. And it was not the same, depending on who your wingman was. You change your wingman every mission, and they play totally different. One guy's crazy. One guy's you know defensive. One guy's the wise guy. One guy's the rumor monger. You had to go around and meet people to get rumors, and some rumors were true, some were fake. You know, it, it was all over the place. I, I think, personally, um, I see what you're trying to say, Drowse, because, you know, what you're saying, essentially, in my mind is, you take a AAA game with a lot of backing, a lot of buzz, and they market the hell out of it, and they bring all these people into the into the world not just the people who are familiar with it already, but new people. Um, and then they find out about the PU and they're like, Oh, well, I want to keep doing this. And if the PU is a buggy mess, then they might be disappointed. I think two things. One, <coughs> like you said, Skyguard, you know, it's qualified still, but I also think by the time squadron comes out, if I think, you know, and we'll, we can always agree to disagree, but I think an uh, uh, optimistic estimate on Squadron's release would be next holiday season, um, you know, 2024. If, if that's the case, I think the game's going to be in a much more polished state by then. I think that's what they're working towards. I think that – I know that's not a barrier for Squadron, but I do think they've thought of that, and I do think – while while server meshing isn't going to be the lightning rod to make everything else, you know, a hundred percent better, it is a tech barrier that's taking up a lot of times time of a lot of teams, and you already see they're building teams to support other in-game NPU initiatives, and they're also going to gain some more devs back from Squadron to help with the PU. Um, a loud keyboard cigar. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you know they'll have some more people back to help with the PU after Squadron's done. I think we're already going to start to see some of those benefits um, by the time they start marketing the game because some people will be, in effect, pretty done uh, with with their work on the game. I also uh, think um, once Squadron comes out. Um, we'll see that they won't be as cash strapped anymore. They'll be able to do more stuff. 
Well, I wouldn't say they're cash strapped, but I do think getting that out there, if it sees some success, they'll be able they're to. They're not necessarily cash strapped. That might not be the best word, but they're probably they're holding probably holding to a pretty tight budget. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Um, so yeah, that's the last question. Uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap up this week's episode? Skyguard, anything you want people to know? Wow, this was a long time. Yeah. It's not our longest episode by a long shot. No, it's not. But <laughs> Really? It felt long spending all this time with Skyguard. Oh, not nice. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. Well, well, see, see, we'll see, the, see if I give you any recipes. That's what happens though, when we start uh, when we start a uh, half hour later. CN Freeze is putting another question in. Let's see. <laughs> no, he, that can stay. For next <laughs> let's, let's let's see how long it is first. Um, if it's a short one, we'll let's. Work. No, no, I think we leave it. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, I was going to okay. I was going to add something and I just came up with. So I went back and looked at some information about Wing Commander, right? So Wing Commander, which was written in the early 90s, is the number 7 best PC game of all time according to Computer Gaming World. It was the 1991 game of the year. Wow. Um it's in the Computer Gaming World Hall of Fame. Um it is, uh, let's see, in, it was, uh, it was created and won the Origins Award for Best Fantasy and Science Fiction Computer Game of 1990. By 1995, Winger, Wing Commander, just Wing Commander, not the, not necessarily the other follow-on series, had sold 290,000 copies. And for wow, 1990, right? that's pretty big. Right. And then. Now, you go and look who was involved in that at that time, right? The developer was Origin Systems, publisher Origin Systems, director Chris Roberts, producer Chris Roberts, Warren Spector, designer Chris Roberts, writers, uh, well, Jeff George, uh, composer, uh, Sanger, platforms. It was on DOS, right? Um, and it was a single-player game. That's just the first of six that were sold wow. This, yeah. And it was ported to Amiga. It was ported to Mac, right? I mean, it just goes on can, can and on. You, and it had a movie. That <laughs> um, was terrible. Right. Well, no, but back then it was still a pretty cool movie. Right? I mean, yeah. was, uh, but you, you don't think the new ones, the competitors that are coming out on the Unreal Engine, I mean, yes, we know that he's capable but he's got some, you know, heavy competition. Un- Un- Unreal's got the fidelity where it doesn't have the scope. Yeah, the scale is not there. That's what he. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you can like if they wanted to fake the game, they could have faked the economy. They could have done a standard development and been done eight years ago and been making millions. This is this is about having an engine that can reproduce anything. Yeah. That's yeah, but, but the scale, but single player does it really need that scale? Well, so you need single player, you need to draw all of the effects. Like they already have the effect for a tractor beam. They already know what it is. They already can do it in Squadron 42 cuz you know they're using tractor beams. They know what a Kilrathi looks like and how he walks. Or not a Kilrathi, a um, Anduul. 
Van Duel. They know what he looks like and how he fights and how he what types of weapons he uses on the ground because guess what? Mm-hmm. They're already doing that in the game. We just don't get to see that because they're holding it back for the big release. And that's what I'm saying. You know, Marine uniforms, Army uniforms, deck handling of carriers, uh, the walk around of the Idris. It's not that they don't have the Idris, mm-hmm. right? And they could, you know, they could fake modules, right? That's That could be faked at any given time. But they have to hold some things back. I, I would think that in many cases, the ships have already been reworked and the gold standard is sitting on a shelf. Hmm. Yeah. So, so they finally put a toilet in the cutlass? Yeah, and, and the cutlass has been redone and the modules are already out and it's got the right lighting systems and everything else. I really think that is the case. Now, I think their bigger challenge, though, is that like all big games, they have to expand. And, you know, EVE Online was 13 years to build out, you know, how long did it take for um, what's the the um, uh, the fantasy series where they uh, had Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy. It took them years to finish it out, right? These massive multiplayer games. It, it's going to come faster than we think. There's a window of opportunity, and technology will catch them. They will move to that technology in the future. But you know, they're here to make money, and it's not just about three box games and a and single multiplayer game. And they're not here just to make half a million dollars. They want to make correct. They, they want to put EA or put EA out of business. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. He that's why he uses EA symbol. A symbol very much like the EA trademark on the game. Uh, the on the um, arena commander. <laughs> that's a joke because he left them because he was so pissed because they kept shortcutting the endings of his game. He always wanted to build a much more detailed game. So. It makes me want to go watch some YouTube's of Wing Commander because I've never seen that game. I've heard this. It's, it's, it's a very old game. It's a very old game. Even more, you'd probably be interested in Freelancer because that yeah. starts to dip into some of the other stuff that comes in the Star Citizen too. Hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry, I usually get to mute before I cough. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share. Okay, it's my uh, theory. Anyone else have anything before we wrap this puppy with a nice bow? No, no, nothing. All right, let's go. All right, <laughs> excellent. I'd like to breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if you have any questions, any submissions, any broadcasts, or whatever you want to do, uh, you can email them to citizencastsc at gmail.com. We've got a Twitter handle, CitizenCastSC. Uh, you can submit a message through our Spotify for Podcasts landing page, uh, or you could join our CitizenCast Discord. Uh, and, of course, there's a Google voice number that you can text or leave a voicemail on. The number there is 646-783-8154. Um, you've heard about the Parley House a thousand times, but uh, if you are out there looking for a crew, looking for an org, looking for some kind of conglomerate industrial uh, if you're looking for piss, uh, take a look <laughs> at Parlay House. It's a neutral zone for players to hang out and socialize. And uh, check out our friends of the show who are content creators. Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrot have videos up on YouTube, as well as Gothic, actually. 
um, as well as uh, Admiral Cody and Calibri have really great Star Citizen inspired soundtrack. Um, Cody actually is is um, creating music for a video game. He was hired based on the, his music. Supposedly from the music he did for this, so that's amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you for hiring Cody. That's so cool. And then, um, of course, uh, friends over at Star Jump, Graham and VMZO, both put a yeah. lot of work into Fleet Viewer, and they also have amazing Twitch streams about uh, fleet builds and other fun stuff about the game. Uh, so that wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Thank you, fellow citizens, for listening. Mm. We'll see you next week. And check off. Yeah. Sign off right away. I still think Federation of Unified Buddies of Massing Resources is probably the best one. Of- <laughs> right. I think this was a lot of fun, actually. We won't fun. I get to have three hours of sleep. Try and get some expensive tickets. Oh, there, there. Just make a giant pot of coffee in the morning. Wait, I'm watching Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom. Is that actually a movie? No, what's the name? Uh, there's... Let's see, there's... There's Wing Commander. Peace, uh, Wing Commander Privateer. Oh, Wing Commander, The Price of Freedom. It's a game. And Wing Commander Academy. Um, they have well, a lot it's, of it's one of those games where they used to have actual TV cutscenes in them. That's neat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Heart cool. of the Tiger is number three. Armada is another one. Yeah, because yeah. I'm definitely watching some kind of a TV show. Yeah. Nice.